Good evening, everyone. I'm Ben Magnet from the Faith Square Podcast. And before we get to episode 308, I'd like to give a special little PSA to all of you today. As you all know, the holidays are here, and it's a time of joy, gift-giving, and spending time with your families. But please, just remember, not all of us get to spend time with the people we love. Some of us have to work. So please, for all that is holy, be nice to your restaurant workers, retail workers, postal workers, and for the love of that is holy, especially your theme park workers. Because all of us are suffering, and we really just need a little, little bit of magic to make our holidays a little bit extra special. So thank you, and enjoy this episode of the Fake Nerd Podcast, which is 308, joined by Brandon McClure, Spark Switty, and Ryan Eliopoulos. How's it going, gentlemen? <laughs> It's good. It's almost like all of us work at those types of places you just mentioned. I don't know what you mean. I never leave here. No. <laughs> I live in the screen. He lives I'm, with Jake Suey. This little he box lives. here is my home. There oh, is okay. there is actually nothing. There's nothing here. Nothing here. Well, there's a bookcase here. But there's beyond that, here. nothing. What's in the fridge? The fridge isn't real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hi, guys. Hi guys. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of this podcast that we do. Mm-hmm. That is uh, that we do. Real quickly, uh, this coming weeks are going to be a little strange for us. Uh, so for for just kind of giving our audience a heads up, um, you probably we're going to try to do one final episode before the before we go on a a, a hiatus. Probably not going to happen. Nope. Uh, most likely not going to happen. Um, <laughs> nope. But uh, we, we will see uh, Avatar The Way of Water reviews or um, what's that other one? Our holiday what? annual. No, Glass Onion will be after that. Our well, Pinocchio the review maybe. Which one? Pinocchio, maybe. Oh, Pinocchio. That's the one. Pinocchio. Uh, maybe a Pinocchio review. We're going to do our best to do what we can, but we do have a holiday annual uh, that will be coming, as always, on Christmas Eve. Um, and we'll uh, uh, so we'll have that for you guys. We'll, we're actually going to be talking about a Christmas movie that day, uh, that, that special, Violent Night, which came out this weekend. Uh, but we are not reviewing it this week. We are, in fact, discussing the first Avatar film because Avatar The Way of Water is finally here after 13 years. It's finally wow. coming. Wow, wow, wow. So what this really means is that next week, we're probably just not giving you anything. This we're is the probably fi- on a hiatus. This is the final episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there you go. So there you go. Uh, this this show has been, is been going to go on a very long uh, holiday hi- hiatus. Um, hey, guys, you know, you know, uh, we really appreciate Let me just take this moment to just say I re- we really appreciate all of your support throughout this year. It's been a tough year uh, for all of us. Um, things are things aren't great but we 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 love doing the show and we love being able to do the show with you guys the audience uh we hope you have a good holiday if i don't get to see if i don't if i ever get to say that uh before uh we hope you have a good holiday and you know that uh things go well for you uh in the new year and things go well for us for in the new year so we'll see uh that said let's get into it we got some links in Hi, Gail Reagan. It's been a while. Hi. Hello. Thank you for joining uh, us. Oh, yeah, it has been a while. Hi, Gail. Hello, Gail Reagan. Um, so first off, links in the description. I have my what looks to be my final piece for Screen Rant. Um, I have not said this out loud publicly yet, but I am moving from Screen Rant to Comic Book Resources, CBR. Um, they are... Uh, it is actually a raise. I'm getting more money, which is nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I I'm going to be doing... I what? wasn't trying to clap too hard, so the mic. I was trying to like do it just enough, so like a golf clap, two fingers. Oh, that sounded that sounded bad. All right, okay. anyway, <laughs> um, we're doing that again. 
uh, yes, I'm I'm going to be moving to to CBR, uh, doing the same thing, but more money, which is nice. Um, uh, that'll probably be in the new year because of everything going on. I've got a pretty big vacation coming up. Uh, so my my piece for Screen Rant was uh, non superhero actors who re- legacy actors who return to their roles many years later. So your your Harrison Ford's and Indiana Jones, Blade Runner, and Star Wars, or your um, uh, Willow in Willow, the TV series, uh, Sarah Connor in um, uh, Terminator Dark Fate, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, all those. So I, I did that. That was fun. Um, so check that out. That's there. Um, that's all for me, though, because Ben Magnet over here has a new episode of DN Dark. Episode six mm-hmm. is out this week. Yep. Episode six is out. We um, the party has um, parted ways with a different character. And I'm not going to say whether she will or will not be come back, but we are on our way to our next adventure. So we just beat the boss. We beat a boss. And now we're on our way to a whole new place. So go ahead. Check it out. So what you're telling us is next episode, they come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, I don't want to. This is what happened. Like, <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny a boss. <laughs> I just want to say real quickly, Ben, the, f- the, 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 last ep- the last episode, episode five, the one that came mm-hmm. out two weeks ago, mm-hmm. says, she will return. Ah, damn it. So, <laughs> but you You're don't know when. <laughs> Your marketing team, come on, man. This is your chance, buddy. Um, I don't want to talk so much those, about it. I want people to listen to it. Because this could be the final time that you talk about this, this show this year. Uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about what that show is real quickly. For those of you who may not have heard yet, or this may be your first episode or something like that, what is D&D? Dean Dark is a Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast where um, our dungeon master, Danger Dangers, um, twists. He gives us essentially the basic rule set of Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. But the way it's twisted is that our player characters are all played by different variations of famous universal monsters. Whereas my character plays uh, Frankenstein's monster. Very cool. Um, So yes, uh, the latest episode, episode six, is down below. And of course you can find uh, uh, the rest of the episodes from there if you want to catch up. It's a good show. I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as us, though, uh, we have some links. Uh, our Fake Nerds Watch episode, our final episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Wars and or uh, episodes 11 and 12 we cover in one episode. That is linked below. That came out this week. Uh, hey, guys. And was a great show. Big I surprise. It. I, I, it was it was Tuesday night, and I'm like, I, I can't watch Andor. <laughs> oh, no, Andor. Uh, it's a good show. Can't wait for it to come back. Really enjoyed doing the discussion series. Check out, check out, out all the episodes. We cover them all. Uh, in, in chunks and arc chunks you can check it out very cool uh and uh guardians of the galaxy holiday special Ooh, is up is up both as an audio and a video links which are both below uh we talked about the latest entry the final entry in phase four and the the uh, uh latest entry in the guardians franchise love it good we really like that spoiler alert <gasps> yeah all right that's the links in the description. Check them out. We would greatly appreciate all of your support. Uh, uh, we work really hard, and we really like people looking at our stuff. So check it out. Yeah. Who wants to go first of the week? I'll do it. I'm basically in tandem with everything he did. So that's not totally true. Mo- mostly. <clears throat> uh, just real quick, shouts to Gail Reagan. Um, sorry about lots of overtime. 
mm. sickness. Yeah, it's ben, going yeah, around. Ben's, it's going Ben's around. Got that too, I right have now. seen a dramatic increase in people at school and at work putting on masks again. And I'm like, wow, I'm really glad I've been with the program the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, anyway. Uh, we've talked about it before. I'm in a class where I watch a movie and then someone who worked on the movie comes and talks to us about it. And this week was Top Gun Maverick. Um, and the person there was uh, the location manager. Um, and he brought a crap ton of background footage of um, where they were filming all of the actual like military pilots who were flying the aircraft and going to all these different locations. And uh, basically they can film anything they do in the aircrafts for the movie for free, as long as it's part of their training regimen. So as long as it falls within their training parameters for what they need to do for training, they can film it and just put it in the movie. Oh, yeah. That's it. Um, really cool. He was a really nice guy. Uh, he was one of the only, he's one of the only confirmed people to ever tell Tom Cruise no. Um, and he told us <laughs> confirmed. The Confirmed yes. people. Yes. Uh, he was in a meeting with... Um, he also said, like, uh, truly the film um, was directed by the director, but as well, Christopher McQuarrie and Tom Cruise were so hands-on with, like... And, and that was intentional. They weren't taking the movie from the director. Like, they all collaborated completely and wholly throughout the entire film. They talk, He talked about it was really the three of them making the movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so he was in a meeting with all of them, and... Uh, the shot in the film where they come in really low and you see like the jet stream coming off of them um, as they're like first coming in for the final mission. Uh, mm-hmm. And just before they get to the bridge, it's like that first like beautiful shot where they come around the corner and you see those jet streams coming off. So Tom Cruise wanted a lower shot for that lower camera shot. So he's like, we should go put the camera on the ground. And he went through how he spent months making sure they could fly as low as they wanted to in this area because where they are, I forget the exact location, but where they are, it is classified as true wilderness. So there was a recommended amount that they're supposed to be in elevation for flying in that area, but it was not mandated. So they could fly as low as they wanted as long as they didn't touch the ground, but they couldn't put anything on the ground. It's true wilderness they could not put something on the ground. And so when Tom Cruise said he wanted a camera down there, he had to be like, no, you can't do that. And Tom Cruise is like, what do you mean? No. And he's like, well, this is wilderness, like with a capital W. And he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> um, so like when he gets to the end of the story, what he offers to Tom Cruise instead is to have a helicopter that can fly five feet off the ground with the camera pointed up for the shot. Like a little drone. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. That was the compromise he had to come to, but he had to tell him like, no, like we're, we're fudging legal lines by like, technically being okay to do this but like if something goes wrong we're in big trouble yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um flying at that low elevation we can't put anything on the ground uh really cool really great uh visual information watch top gun maverick again that's a great movie it's true um i have had a medical issue for the past couple weeks uh and this week they've done a lot to fix it which means i've needed a lot of rest and medication and so i've started not being able to go to work because of it and i also started doing a little more pot to ease the pain uh and when i was doing pot there was something i wanted to watch in particular to just kind of like let my mind go away for a while 
And that thing is Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. Oh, <laughs> you didn't tell me this. <laughs> I Thank you. I know I didn't. Oh, God, I'm so excited. So I watched all of Garth Marenghi's Dark Place God. this week. High. Dude, <laughs> very high. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, if you haven't watched it, it's very short. And it's very good. Um, and there's really no good way to describe Matt it. You should, just, you should just dive in feet first. Um I just really enjoyed it. Uh, I had a great time watching it. I'm very happy um, with the choices I've made with my. I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Oh, man. Truly, truly a ridiculous British show. Um, uh, Fortnite. I played some Fortnite. You played some Fortnite. I, I, we grinded the shit out of Fortnite over the last couple of days. <laughs> I very much did. Uh, I needed my Spider Gwen. I got Spider Gwen. I got, I got Spider Gwen. And her with her face off, the, the mask part. That was too much grinding for me. And I got her first alternate outfit. Just the first one. That's, that's... Which is like the gray... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And once you get to those, that level of the battle pass, like, the normal battle pass, oh, things are like five stars, two stars, like, all these things are like 20 stars. So that's some, like, grinding, baby. So, like, yeah, I... I you beat me. I'm guilty. Uh, <laughs> I... I was very happy. I wish I could have gotten to the next one because it's like it just basically makes her the pink on her outfit really glow and puts in a light blue in the middle instead of a black. That's like an astral kind of blue. Anyway, um, normally I don't care so much about those bonus levels because they're usually alternate color cosmetics for Fortnite main characters, Fortnite original characters. And I'm like, eh, I don't need to work that hard for them. Mm -hmm. However, occasionally they have someone like Spider-Gwen who they'd make it for them. Doctor Strange had it. Doctor too. Strange had it. Yeah. Spider-Man had it. Um, where I'm like, dang, those are just in this game. Those are just Fortnite alternate outfits. Like they're just different color schemes. And I'm like, those look really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I was happy to get that. Fortnite's really cool. Uh, still really enjoy playing it. I'm excited to start this new season because I've seen... The Unreal Engine stuff. Oh my god. And Augment Reality stuff. They've added a lot, and I'm sure we'll talk about it another time, because I haven't touched it yet, but oh I'm god. very excited. For, I, Fortnite is the first game to use Unreal 5 that's been uh, that's officially launched. There are still games that are in development for years that are going to come out later. This is the first game to use Unreal 5, and it's Fortnite, a cartoon-looking game. Some of those textures are, like, real. Like, you're just in a house, you're like, that looks like a house. What's going on here? Like, it's... I can't believe Fortnite is this continues to... Oh, thank you. And Doom's, Doom Guy shows up, and Geralt's showing up, and My Hero Academia, and the Hulk is showing up, and I'm just like, oh, Ben, you, oh, didn't, ben. you didn't see the Deku trailer? <gasps> ben, you gotta watch You gotta watch what's in this season. Buddy. Yo, plus Ultra, baby. I, I, I knew ben, um, ben, the Doom Slayer ben. was there. I knew um, Geralt was there because of Ryan, but oh, we get My Hero Academia. And ben, and ben, Doom Slayer and Geralt are in the Battle Pass. So we're and, grinding, baby. And I baby. think Deku is also in the Battle Pass. He just hasn't been revealed yet. So we're grinding, baby. This is a good season. Uh, this is an interesting season because the very last chunk of levels they're not even on the page mm -hmm. you only go up to level 95 right now oh it's spicy so they're not showing you what the last five levels unlock um anyway fortnite is a great so, time one day we'll get brandon well, into it not so point. what you're what you're saying is we're just gonna blaze through the news and the topics so we can go play fortnite right uh, bro i gotta go to sleep i'm tired <laughs> i got i got schoolwork to do i'm still in finals and real quick before i go on to my last thing i will answer gail's question uh, i don't mind it's not a huge deal i have a abscess uh that grew on the back of my neck uh, that they have to treat, and it just takes time to be treated. 
Um, anyway, hi, Mag. You're right, Meg. Uh, One Piece are probably next. I said Chainsaw Man. I guarantee Mag. you. I told him how yeah. cool would it be if Chainsaw... Oh, I guarantee Chainsaw Man is, is coming before Just, Bleach. Po Pochita's back bling is so obvious. Anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. The last thing is Ryan and I finished The Midnight Club, um, which also is not getting a second season, which is a huge bummer. And Mike Flanagan was very gracious to go and tell us all the answers to what what would have the happened in, the with season two? Entire plot. Like I've never seen a creator do this before. He's like, "Hey, this show is not getting made. Here's beat for beat everything that would happen in season two, like everything." Um, and it's super unfortunate because it's truly a great show, fantastic performances. I love literally everybody on the show. Um, and the reveal about some of the stuff that he was going to uh, ultimately come out with in season two is some of Mike Flanagan's hardest hitting emotional stuff. I think. Yeah. And I can only imagine, like, he's just summarizing it. Like, I can only imagine how it would have felt watching it. And I'm saying that having watched Midnight Mass and the ending of Bly Manor. And I think this might have topped it. E emotionally? Oh, yeah. Because, <clears throat> like, again, if you don't know anything about Midnight Club, it's about a group of terminally ill kids uh, dealing with a spooky house and things are happening. But, like, the emotional stuff in it is is so good and so extreme. And the character work is so good that, like, he only makes standalone projects. Like, you know, like uh, Bly Manor and Midnight Mass and stuff. But, like... This was like his baby that he wanted to turn into a series, and Netflix said no, and he left Netflix because of it. Um, and it's it's heartbreaking because like, again, like he, Flanagan don't miss like like this is like a top ten thing. Like I love I I think the show's incredible. Yeah. Um, and it breaks my heart that it's just it's it's just done. The it's last done. the last two episodes are filled with such truly emotional scenes. Um, like a these actors, all of them could go on to do anything. They're all so incredible. They're all like, yeah, they're all A-listers. Okay. Uh, but some of the emotion that he's writing for them and then that they're, or, or that the team, I should say, is writing for them and that they're expressing is so powerful. Um, excuse me. If you ever watch the show, I do highly recommend once you finish the season going and checking out what Flanagan had to say about where he was going with the rest of it because his, his ruminations on death and loss and grief and accepting death as a part of life life is i think really good and it's a shame that the whole story didn't get told so that you could feel the full weight of what he was doing but there's a reveal that would have happened that i think is such a good twist on your expectations of what the show was doing um, is it the soulmate thing yeah and oh, flabbergasts me um incredible it's just an incredible show uh, we'll talk about more about that in the news. I did put that in the news, but yeah, that that sucked. I, yeah, I was interested um, in that show. I'm really glad. I'm really glad that we finished the season mm -hmm. and and that we got to know these answers. It is nice to still know. Like my mind feel, does feel more at ease knowing the answers rather than just like never finding out. Because it is a it is a not it is not a ending of a show. It is like uh, the season ends, but like the the last episode sets up a bunch of stuff for the next season or just some things are left kind of hanging because other things emotionally take priority i wouldn't call it a cliffhanger ending of a season yeah but there was still more story to tell yeah um so i'm glad that like i do feel satisfied even to just have those answers mm -hmm. um but i really really liked it uh it's a shame that uh netflix is like this <laughs> yeah that's true um it's not called Stranger Things. It's part of the re it's part of the reason why I always get hesitant to even watch a Netflix show because I'm like, are, is, are they even going to keep it around? Yeah, um, but true. there's very there's you know certain people I'll turn out for, and Flanagan's one of them. 
Um, that's all I had to say about it. Did you have anything else you wanted to add about Midnight Club? No, it's just like, again, it's like it is it is a story about storytelling in a way where like every episode there is a new ghost story being told. Um, and the way that they're able to turn these stories that like it's not just like, it's not just like a horror show. Like it turns into a sci-fi show. It turns into a comedy. It turns into like it, it's so many different things. And like I think the thing, and it even makes me like the show even more about what season two would have been because the thing about death specifically is like death in so many in so many shows or movies is like is is final and and it's sad and death in this show doesn't necessarily have to be bad death is not death is the end but it doesn't have to be like like the end end um and just like specifically like one aspect of death of like of a character um like it like it was like it was just a paragraph i wasn't even watching the show it was a paragraph of him describing death and I'm like, that's one of the most brilliant like things I've ever ever seen. And it was like, just a paragraph of him explaining what it was gonna be. Um, it's just it's a it's a it's not my favorite Flanagan show, but it is it is exceptional. It could have been, been. season two, been. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say as a quick note, uh, while Ben starts to fade, I will say that um, one of the main things for me is that because of the storytelling nature, these are terminal kids sharing stories, sharing this moment of knowing their time is coming quicker than it should and how each character either accepts or rejects or whatever that and the fact that they created that individually and so so well such full stories for them each individually and then the concept of the show allows that when one of them has passed their memory lives in the stories that are still being told so those actors appear and there's an emotional attachment because everybody kind of knows that the person in the story is filling that role of the person they've lost uh and the way that they're able to integrate that and the respect they have for it is really good i can't think of another program i've seen that really tackles this idea of a whole lot of characters facing the same kind of approaching end and how they're all individually dealing with it and also as a group like both things exist in tandem it is with each other. it is kind of like one of a kind yeah 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 it's man good job good job before Ryan, you go, uh, or Ben, I should assume, um, I want to acknowledge Gail's comment real quickly. Uh, the latest comment, uh, since I, I haven't been able to have a, a lot of time off, this is actually my first three day off in two months. Good for you. Uh, well, thanks for spending it with us too, real quick. Thank you. And Ben, and ask Ben what, what he thought about Andor. Um, because we have a lot to talk about today, I would actually prefer if the comments were about stuff that we were talking about in the moment uh, oh. or in the episode today, because we have many episodes about Andor, yes. uh, Horror Figures Watch series, so you can perhaps go check those out as well. Um, oh yeah, we got a whole review show about it, Gail. Oh, we yeah. got a, we got a lot we got a lot to talk about tonight, so I just want to kind of keep the mm -hmm. keep it going so no not really uh, I don't want to derail too much. Speaking of keeping it going, Brandon, why don't you just go? Sure, I don't actually have a lot. So I'll God of War. Playing a lot of God of War, trying to get the I oh, Sparks, were you done? I'm so sorry. Oh yes, I'm done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so yes, God of War. I've been playing a lot of God of War. Some of the Ryan was right last time when he talked about about it. The post game stuff is very good. Um, some of the best I've certainly seen. Um, it, it you know the game doesn't end. Frankly, like that that's what really what happened. Like the just the game kept going uh, after the end of the game, and it's really cool. I'm doing some cleanup stuff. I'm pretty much almost done. Um, there's one boss, and I won't spoil what it is and i won't spoil who it is and i won't spoil the situation around it i will only say my feeling uh fighting this boss was very very frustrating mm. um i, I, I was, was a couple of bosses like that 
well, this one specifically, um, cause it's, uh, it, it, there's a kind of a, like a lead up to the boss, um, that you kind of have to go through some trials and then get, anyway, um, trying to keep it vague for people who want to play the trials. game. Trials. If you played God of War one, that you, that could, that should help you right there. Um, so this game, uh, so, so this boss, man, one time I, I they're very difficult boss, very, I struggled for many days with this boss, many hours on this boss and so i'm like i'm swinging i'm swinging and finally one time one time i get the boss down to one hp health negative like not even not even the health wasn't even registering on the health bar but he was still alive and and i had the same amount of health we were equal and i was like that was my only chance as quickly as the neurons told my finger to push that button i swung my axe as fast as i humanly possibly could and i hit him and he hit me, and I died, and it got a game over, and I had to do it all over again, and I was so upset. Um, Every gamer knows your pain. Yeah. Um. Yep. There is a series in God of War One. You fight the Valkyries, and then you fight a final Valkyrie. Uh, it's not a spoiler to say there's something similar in this game. Sure, this yeah. very much is the same game as the last game, but but more of it, right? So something yeah. like that. The final version of whatever's new in this game took me like an hour and a half. Um, and I'm not playing on easy. I'm not, not like, like I, I started, I started the game on hard and I was like, I want to enjoy my time. So I turned it, I put it to normal because like, I'm here to have fun. I'm not, not here to get beat up. I'm not like, I play Dark Souls. I don't need, this is God of War. I'm here for story. Um, but that final, that final guy, same thing happened, Brandon. I got him to this much health and, and, and he killed me. And I'm like, I, I, I wanted to quit immediately. And I'm like, and I literally went, I literally went, I play Elden Ring. No. No, and I and then I, one more time and I beat him and I felt and I it was like like fireworks like when you beat a hard boss in any game it's so rewarding. It's... When when I beat him, sorry, Ben, real, real quickly. When I when so like finally after I'm telling you guys many days. I'm not the gamer Ryan is. No, no I'm no, not. Geez. Like it took me a long time, and it's so like I'm hard as shit. And so like I'm doing this, and so finally I went online and I was like. There are these things. This isn't a spoiler to say. There's there's like this amulet that you can put like amulet slots in. Blah blah blah. I don't use that. Not really. I kind of just kind of half-ass use it because I'm not that kind of person. I find I find that stuff to be confusing and and too difficult to to, to deal with. I got through the whole game without it just fine. And so like I'm so finally I was just like okay, what is the what is the what is the the what. What is the 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 good the good amount of bullshit that I can do to this thing to make this a little easier on me? Cheese it, yeah. And so I, so I looked it up and I, I discovered, I discovered some things that I had that I was gonna get to, but I hadn't got to at the time. I was like, yeah, all right, you know what? I'm gonna do that. So I go do a side quest real quick. It's gonna take me like five minutes to do the side quest. So I do the side quest. I get a thing, and I man. Beating up that damn boss was the most satisfying thing I have ever dealt with. After days wailing on this guy, just, just got a lot easier after I did this thing. And and yeah. finally, cutting that dude's head off was just like, I, I wanted to cry. Yeah, yeah uh, I'm glad you did that, Brandon, because like, th there there is, the game gives you so many ways to, to, to cheese or, or just help you beat bosses and like i understand not utilizing everything for the main game but i i did and i and it was so much more rewarding because that amulet the amount of cool shit you can do it's unbelievable it is unbelievable the amount of things you can do with that amulet and i it's if you new game plus it one day try it from the beginning because like there's some shit you can do 
that is so fun and so cool. Um, that's the one I we'll talk about it when we review it, but I think the gear system's incredibly shitty. I thought the first game's gear system was kind of shitty. I don't care about your runic level, your luck level. I don't care about any of that shit. Let me just play God of War, please. Um, mm -hmm. but the amulet stuff, I really like. See, that's kind of the thing. Like, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say it was, I, I felt it was shitty, but like, I, I also was just kind of like, you know what, it's whatever. I upgrade my axe and I can fight harder. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I get cool battles. Sure, whatever. I max out the, I max out the thing. I get cool abilities. Yeah, whatever. Um, but that, so like, I just kind of like, just like the amulet thing. I was like, it's the same thing. It's not going to help me that much. And then I was, but then looking at it, I was like, oh man, this is actually going to be much better. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, you can get an ability that an enemy uses. Um, no, I don't want to spoil anything. You can get something no. that the Ironheart use. Um, oh. and, yeah, uh, and once I use that, that then then my shit changed. Uh, and like, yeah, the oh god, I'm so excited to talk about this. Okay, so moving on from that, um, I watched Willow. The first two episodes of Willow are out. Um, I watched the show. Uh, I really dig it. I, I actually like it quite a bit. Um, I talked to um, Princess Sparkleberry. Is that what Sparkle her, Bunny. What? Oh, Sparkle Bunny. Princess Sparkle Bunny. Amy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I talked to her about, about it because she loves Willow. And so, and, and, and even got mad at Ben for some reason, although I don't know why, uh, for a review of Willow. Um, and I was, I was like, so I was kind of curious. I was like, okay, well, what do you think of Willow? Because if you're this Willow super fan, I want to know. I liked it. Did you? She hated it. Um, <laughs> she hated the first episode specifically. Um, but I really liked it. I thought it was a lot of fun. I really like the new characters. A lot of the side characters are really fun. Um, actually, I, I, there's not a, I don't think there's a bad one in the bunch. I find them all charming in their own way. Um, and, and one in particular is very cool. I like them quite a bit. Good show. I'm really happy with it. I've, I've only heard good things from everyone on Twitter, which is, which is really exciting. Uh, that it's really cool. Yeah, I, I think they keep the humor from the first movie that I resonated so much so much with, and it's very much intact. It, ve it feels very much in tone with that first movie, uh, maybe a little darker. Um, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it. Uh, hopefully, we get to do a fake news watch on it because uh, that'd be really fun to talk to you guys about it. Mm -hmm. I watch. Uh, I'll talk about Troll. I watched Troll. Troll, the Netflix movie from the guy who directed Tomb Raider. I cannot pronounce his name for the life of me. Um, that the, guy. His new movie, his new movie Troll is on Netflix, uh, and it is a pretty good movie. Uh, I did suggest it as a review once when we were talking about what to do this week, and I'm kind of glad we all decided not to, because it's a pretty good movie. Um, there's a lot of it that reminded me, kind of in a good way and in a bad way, they use some imagery that I've always wanted them to kind of use again, but it reminded me a lot of it kept reminding me of other specifically American kaiju movies. Uh, so like there's a, there's a shot specifically that's straight out of Godzilla 98. And I was like, well, I did not expect to see a Godzilla 98 reference in this movie. <laughs> um, very thematically similar to Godzilla 2014. Um, the stuff that I like a lot about it was that it does dive into the mythology of trolls and that kind of becomes how it how it uh how they inform the 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 way to combat the troll is through the mythology and i thought that was really interesting uh using that strength and not just kind of making it a giant kaiju um it is very frustrating in the beginning when they see a troll everyone has seen the troll literally nobody on earth has not seen this troll pictures of a troll looks like a troll acts like a troll 
and everyone and so everyone's like what is this that we're dealing with and someone's like it's a troll and i was like no oh, that can't be those don't those don't exist you get this crackpot out of here and i'm like hello you're looking at it though if it acts like a duck and walks like a duck it's a duck it's yeah and it doesn't take place in like the 70s where there's not like cell phones and shit right like it's the yeah. it's modern day right yeah okay <laughs> And I was looking at, and like, literally footage of the a thing that looks like a troll. And everyone's like, for some reason, it's like, oh, so what? It smells the blood of Christians and, and hates bells? Yes, because it's a troll. We I'm all saw a troll. I'm glad I'm not a Christian. <laughs> and so, like, I'm looking at, like, it's so frustrating when they're just like, get this crackpot out of here. Trolls don't exist. Again, you have seen it. Wild. Wild. The fact that and the, that doesn't happen once. It happens many times. And I was screaming at my TV. <laughs> Lord. All right. Pretty good movie, though. If you're a Kaiju fan, I actually recommend it. It's it's fun. There's some good stuff. There's some good stuff. The CGI is great. All right. I watched The Fablemans. Sparks, you talked about The Fablemans a couple, the Fablemans a couple weeks ago. I finally got to go to the theater and see it. Uh, brilliant Spielberg movie. Um, this is him operating in a way that I have not seen him do in a very long time. He is very personal in this movie uh, and it comes through, you know, the way he frames uh, shots is so unlike anyone. People were talking about when West Side Story came out, but like, you know, it's it, it bears repeating. The way he frames shots is, is so unlike a mo any director, especially modern directors, like or even his con his contemporaries, like frankly, like the way he 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 shoots a movie like no one else does. Um, uh, there is, there is, there is something that I saw. I was like, oh, super eight. Um, <laughs> mostly to JJ Abrams took the imagery from him and not the other way around. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a great cameo. Well, not spoil. Um, and I, 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 I was really happy to also see some, someone, uh, have some like my Jew, my side of Jewish representation on screen. I've never, it's like most Jewish movie I've ever seen. Um, uh, and and but like it felt like real for like my family like i was like oh that's something that we did there are some exceptions but i was like oh wow this is this feels like i'm watching something very similar to my experience mm -hmm. great movie highly recommend it definitely definitely go see it whether in theaters or vod or whatever go see it uh it's brilliant um i watched oh which one next flip a coin glass onion no, Spirited. I'll talk about Spirited. Spirited is the new Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell Christmas Carol adaptation, and it's fantastic. It is. Oh, it is I've so much fun. People, actually, it is. It is so much fun. The music is so energetic. Ryan Reynolds is so fun in this movie. Will Ferrell is great. They telegraph the twist a mile away, so you so you catch it. But I'm not going to say what it is. Um, but quite good, honestly. One of the most fresh takes of a Christmas Carol I have ever seen. Um, and I've seen literally all of them. I've watched every every Christmas Carol adaptation. I like that book a lot. I will watch any adaptation of it. But it was really nice to see something like this. For those of you that don't know, though, Spirited is a musical adaptation of a Christmas Carol in a sense that a Christmas Carol is a real thing that actually happened. And the ghosts continue every Christmas to a Christmas Carol people. Um, so every Christmas... so the, And now they've chosen... Ryan Reynolds, who is the worst of the worst. And so they've chosen Ryan Reynolds to to a Christmas Carol. 
and uh, uh, not doesn't it's not as easy as they thought it would be. And Brian Reynolds is is very fun. Will Ferrell is great. They got great chemistry. It's really nice to see Will Ferrell in a musical again because he is a performer, uh, like a song and dance man, and he hasn't done a musical since The Producers. That's right. Yes, <laughs> he's the German in the, in the producers. Yep. I, I remember. <laughs> So that was really cool. Ryan Reynolds can really hold his own in a musical. This is his first musical ever. Uh, his first time singing, which kind of shows, and one song specifically. But otherwise, he's very fun. I like the movie a lot. And I've listened to the soundtrack on repeat since I've watched it. He was listening to it when I came into the green room today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was. I was. Yeah, I look, I look, I'm, I'm texting someone and I'm bobbing my head to the, to the soundtrack. And I just look up and Ben's there. And I'm like, oh, how long have you been there? Yep. Long enough. Uh, yeah, I I really liked it. Um, I recommend it for those of you who like Christmas movies or Christmas Carol or Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds. Like, there's there's a lot to like. There's, uh, yeah, I can't sing its praises enough. Uh, delightful film, delightful movie. Really liked it. And I, I I'm going to be quick about this one because Glass Onion. I finally got to go to the theaters and watch Glass Onion. One of its like second to last day in theaters. Oh baby, cinema baby. Like, uh, like, what is what is Netflix doing, man? Like, like we're gonna drop the hottest movie we could have. Here's here's the for thing. For a week. Here's the thing. The the the, the, uh, the president T.R. whatever. Like his whole thing was like, we're not here to make we're not here to make theatrical movies. This was a this this was a limited time event. We don't we don't care if it makes a lot of money or not. They literally said, I don't care if it makes a lot of money or not. Like in more professional <laughs> words, obviously. But his whole thing was like, yeah, we want to put in theaters for a week, but it's a Netflix movie. Okay, bro. Lose okay. five hundred million dollars. Continue, continue uh, to be forever bankrupt. in debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really like. I really, really liked it. Honestly, I'm not sure yet, but it might be my favorite movie of the year. Um, I think that I honestly, I felt everything's kind of sad on it. Now, mind you, I've watched, I've watched Knives Out more, and it's kind of the test of a good murder mystery is whether or not you can watch it a second time. You know, can you continue to watch it once you know the twist? Uh, and Knives Out, I think, is a very rewatchable movie, even if you know the twist. If you, if you know the, the who did it and the who done it, you can still watch Knives Out. Uh, Ryan Johnson has a very good grasp of the murder mystery genre, and Benoit Blanc is still such a delightful role, and it's really cool to have the spotlight on him solely this time around, uh, and that was cool. Um, I think it might be better than Knives Out. Like, I, yeah. Like, I was That's jazzed. Cool. I was jazzed coming out of the theater, man. I was, I was, I loved it. It's I loved it. Comparable. It's at least comparable. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it's not, I, it's not worse. That's for sure. Um, I, man, great, great movie. I'm so happy. I got to watch it uh, be, be, before I went on my trip. Uh, I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Cannot say more, obviously, because don't want to spoil it for anyone. Um, an and I think, huh? There's an onion in it. There's an onion. It's glass. Uh, I think any, I think the way the film is structured, any talk about plot, spoiler. So, um, yeah, great movie. Next. Oh, is that okay? Not the movie next. Did you want to answer answer Gail's question? Oh, what what they say? Uh, Uh, Gail said, "Ride Rails has a reputation of being stuck on itself, and you can see it in this movie. Can Can you see it? Can you? Can't read. Can you see it in the movie? Well." I mean, he's, he's, you know, Ryan Reynolds has a shtick that he does in, in movies these days. And I, I like it personally. I'm, he's the I, funny I, rock. Yeah. I, I like what he's doing. 
the the role he's kind of playing. That was Red uh, Notice's real problem. Is you can't put those two together. All right. <laughs> uh, and I I think that like he's still kind of playing that role, but I think he's really delightful in it. I I don't know anything about his reputation, Frank. Honestly, like I don't really think I've already I've heard anything about about it. Maybe I'm not looking, but I liked him a lot in this movie. Spirited. Oh yeah. Who wants to go first? Who wants to go next? I'll go first. Um, so I did everything Sparks did, and then much to Ben Magnet's happiness, I'm sure. I got really hard at the Pokemon this week. Um, not the card game. Um, but there's a thing in the Pokemon community called the Nuzlocke run. And a Nuzlocke run is um uh, if you play Pokemon, you know there's a bunch of different areas. There's, you know, like dozens of little areas. Like, you know, Route 1, Route 2, here's a city, here's a, like, blah, blah, blah. A Nuzlocke run is you can only catch one Pokemon in each area, and it is the first Pokemon you encounter. And if you kill that Pokemon by accident, you don't get to catch a Pokemon in that area. And you have to just move on. Uh, also, if your Pokemon faints in battle, which happens regularly in Pokemon battles because you're fighting people, uh, if your character faints, it dies and you have to release it from your party like a Fire Emblem or an XCOM. It is a challenging uh, Pokemon uh, 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 thing that lots of people like to do. So I watched a bunch of those runs just out of nowhere because I found one video that I really liked, and then it was just a, a stampede of me watching the rest of them. And then I started to play my own Pokemon games. But Ben Magnet, I, w- I didn't play regular Pokemon games, which is unfortunately for you the only Pokemon games you've ever played because you don't play games on PC. I played a bunch of Pokemon ROM hacks this week. Um, oh, I yeah. I saw you were. I saw you post something up on Twitter. I'm like that. Yeah. I don't know what that game is because it looks yeah, like a, game, a game Boy Advance, but it's a ROM hack. So it's a game that doesn't exist. Um, so I played two games. I played Pokemon Gaia and Pokemon Unbound, and I probably put like like six hours into one and like eight hours into another or so. Um, those are games where uh, even though it's based on the original uh, Pokemon Fire Red, um, it has every single Pokemon ever created into it. It has, it has 700, 800. It doesn't have the newest Wii ones, but it has Gens 1 through 7 all in one game. Also, it is a completely original story uh, that's actually really well written. Um, and it has, like, uh, they have, like, side quests, and there's a mission log. There's so many, like, quality of life things. Um, and, like, it's, it almost makes me, like, never want to play a regular Pokemon game again because, like, fans are making better games than 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 uh, uh, the Pokemon. What are the Game Lab? Game Loft? What's the company? Game Freak. Game Freak, thank you. They're they they are Game Freaks. Um, yeah, like having fans like fix the problems that that the Pokemon games just don't ever want to fix is really really cool. And uh, I forget which I played one of them where it's just a compilation of every single, all the games in one. So you can literally go to Kanto, Joho, uh, uh, Hawaii, England. You go to all the places, all the Pokemon, and it's in one game. And because Game Boy games are so small, it's like it's like half a gig of a file. You download it instantly because it's like a sm- it's a, it's a Game Boy game basically. Um, and it's just really impressive. And I just played I played a lot of Pokemon, and then I had to start going to work, so I didn't play any more Pokemon. Uh, so that's my week. There's this one Pokemon Ron hack I want to try and get my hands on because it's the it's the the setting of the story is very interesting. It's essentially you, the player, becoming a gym leader. Yeah, oh, I've yeah. seen. Yeah, because that's to me that sounds rad. Because there are times I'm playing Pokemon. Because the only thing I really the only thing I did my week was just play Pokemon Scarlet, and I was like, "How does one become a gym leader? How do you like? What is the process of becoming a gym leader sanctioned by the Pokemon League? How does that happen?" But this ROM hack, someone made a game where you become a gym leader. Hell yeah! Um, the one that I'm probably gonna play next is it's called uh, it's called Pokemon Rocket. 
and you're playing uh, Pokemon Red, the first game, but from the perspective of a Team Rocket member, and you are part of Team Rocket starting as a grunt, and you can steal other people's Pokemons during battles, and you play the game long enough, you eventually become the leader of Team Rocket, and that's the trajectory and storyline where you fight like Giovanni and stuff. Um, so that sounds incredible, and like apparently it's really well written, and like uh, I'm just like I've like fallen, and like I'm someone who oh my god Ben for for I've been playing Pokemon since I was like like eight years old like like from, from very young age i've never cared about stats i've never cared about min maxing anything like that i don't care about status effects like sand attack or whip tail whip i get that defense shit out of there i only want to attack now that i've discovered nuzlocke runs where you actually have to be strategic because if your character dies they are gone forever um it's made me really appreciate pokemon in a way i've never had before because there are people who like 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 professional Pokemon players, like stats are incredibly important, and speed is super important, and like having the perfect the perfect team with the perfect set of moves is like mm -hmm. critical. Um, and it just like it like opened my eyes in a way that like I just I've never thought about Pokemon before because I was always just like okay go get a cool Pokemon, get the hardest attack, kill the guy, and that's that's all I've ever played Pokemon as. But like this new defensive strategy has entered my mind. Uh, especially with the nuzlocke run because like you can't just you can't just shoot shoot your shots like it's nothing you have to be strategic um and like i really desperately want to do one of these runs with you ben but our schedules are so anti yeah <laughs> anti that um but it's so fun and it's like watching watching like a a, 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 a like a compilation uh stream of somebody playing the entire game and then like they're at, like they get halfway through and then all of their characters die and they get team team wiped and then you have to restart the game. If your entire team dies, you have to restart the game. That's one of the rules. And that's like devastating. That is like, mm -hmm. that is like an XCOM. Ben, you play Fire Emblem where your characters die yep. and like you have to die. Oh, um, yeah. And it's like, I, I wish, I wish Pokemon would make a game like this. But like, since they're not, like fans have been doing it for since PCs have been around. So it's like so forever. Um, so like it's just really incredible. And it's like, I I I'm back into Pokemon. I'm not touching the cards, sorry. But um, Ben, we can play. <laughs> We can play Pokemon games multiplayer together. We can be we can do what they're doing now in the original games uh, through the PC, uh, and it's just like Pokemon's cool, y'all. It is. Po po Pokemon is rad. Uh... Real quickly, I just want to acknowledge Gail's last comment here. Um, yes, there is a slight delay uh, towards uh, the stream, uh, so you won't see this for a bit. But there's like a five ten. Honestly, maybe 15 second delay between what we say and then what you hear. So mm -hmm. uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, what was what was I going to say? Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon. Um, did you watch the Jaden animation Nuzlocke at all? Yes, that, Ben, that is the reason I started doing Nuzlocke. Because I watched the animation, which has 84 million views on YouTube. That's the, that's how I knew because I knew of the Nuzlocke thing because I knew there was like a, a a way that people can put the self-imposed rules on where if your Pokemon faints you can't use it at all and then just one day her Nuzlocke videos popped up on my YouTube feed I watched them with Fanny and then she looks at me she's like do you want to do a Nuzlocke feed I'm like I kind of do now Hell yeah. and I've been watching I watched I love her Nuzlocke videos and there's time when I picked up um Brilliant Diamond I was kind of treating it like a little nuzlocke even though I, mm. I wasn't like i was naming all my pokemon and then once they fit it was like well good thing about doing a nuzlocke because they're dead yeah oh yeah and you also have to name like i've i i never name my pokemon i never name my pokemon because i want to see like when they evolve like oh mm. pikachu turns in the right shoe like i want to see their evolved names in a nuzlocke yeah. run you have to name your character so you become attached emotionally attached to them so when mm -hmm. they die you're actually pissed about it 
Um, yeah. And it's 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 just a different experience. One of the new Pokemon in Pokemon Scarlet and Violet who just evolved because right before dinner I beat the sixth gym leader and he evolved was a Pokemon that's just a giant thing of rock salt. <laughs> and I named him Salty Boy. And yeah. Salty Boy is one of my NVPs of the of my entire team. Um, yeah, dude, it makes me so happy that you're involved in Pokemon because when you I saw that that your clip on or not your clip but your screenshot, I'm like, oh my god, my, he's my playing squad, Pokemon. my squad yeah. of random generations everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh damn, he's playing, he's into something. So the only thing I really did this week was just play Pokemon Scarlet. My week sucked. My week was absolutely god awful. I watched Avatar, I played a little bit of Pokemon Scarlet, and I played a teeny little bit of Pokemon TCG online. That's it. Hell yeah. Um, I want to talk about Pokemon a little bit more since, since we can. Um, the 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 stream that made me want to do a stream with you, there's this guy named on YouTube, his name's Salty DK Dan, um, and he's really funny. And he, every Pokemon that he gets, he has a friend on Discord play that Pokemon. So he has like, he has six friends with him at all times on Discord, and they're, they're choosing the moves in the match for him, basically. Um, and like he's playing, uh, what's the newest one? I'm sorry, it's Scarlet and Violet. That's right. Scarlet and Violet. Yeah. Um, he started, uh, he started doing those up run of that live. Um, and he got a couple hours in and like, uh, his, his starter Pokemon fainted when he didn't think it was going to faint. So he lost his strongest character and his starter. And he's like, he was like devastated. Emo the entire chat was devastated. And he's like, yeah. I don't even want to play this game anymore, y'all. <laughs> like, what's the point? And then and just, just having like, no, your starter, just having your starter faint is the yeah. worst feeling in the world. Even if when you're not doing a nuzlocke, because that starter, that is like, because in my run, my like, I have a fully evolved uh, um, Skeletor, that's the final form of Wicoco, the little fire crocodile. Cutie. He is a badass, and I have to. There are times I have to kick him off. I have to put him in a box because my team is he's he's so overpowered compared to the rest of my team that I have to beef him up and then bring him back into the fold. Mm -hmm. But just any time where I'm in a pinch, your starter is the one who gets you out of it. Like when I was a kid and I was and I first got the game, I would steamroll everyone with my starter. That was the only Pokemon I used. I would just, I didn't understand how to gain experience, level grinding. I didn't know any of that. I was just like, yeah. I have cool monster, cool monster slays other monsters. I win. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to be playing a lot more Pokemon. Yeah. Which I is, am. Which is, I am know, excited. I, I am glad that you and I are going on a Pokemon Renaissance together, my friend. This is going to be yeah. a good time. And hey, they, uh, they patched Scarlet and Violet a, a little bit. And that, they're going, and, to, yeah, they did. And uh, Nintendo released a statement basically saying, wasn't our fault. They need to fix their shit. <laughs> and, that's, and Nintendo doesn't patch a lot of their games because the thing about first-party Nintendo games is, like, they are, like, the most quality, most, like, controlled. Like, when you get a first-party Nintendo like a Sony game, like a God of War, those games come out perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and this is the first Nintendo game in a long time that's supposed to be, like, it's just supposed to be perfect. That's just how it is, and it's not. And just people just can't accept it. And which is which is fair because when you buy a game, you want it to work. But again, Ben, you can attest to it. I've watched a lot of streams. The game's incredible. It is. It just looks bad. Like it's like super choppy at times. And I'm like, yep. it looks like a robot. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna What was I gonna say? Yeah, Nintendo. Like once again, Game Freak is a second party developer for Nintendo, but that should not mean that the Game Freak can like put this out in the buggy mess. Even with, like you were saying, first-party Nintendo tiles, Breath of the Wild, it took them how long to find that one glitch in Breath of the Wild where just the textures wouldn't load up immediately, and it just took them like a, a little half-second longer. And then Nintendo's like, okay, we'll patch that, and because they, they didn't know it was a thing until some random person found it. 
All right. Shall we? Shall we news? Shall we have bread and butter then? Shall we news? I, w- I mean, that's usually what we do. All right. Let's do it. Some sad news up top. Clarence uh, Gilliard Jr., who played Theo in Die Hard, uh, probably most famously, tons of television shows, tons of movie appearances. Uh, uh, Walker, Texas Ranger, was in almost every episode of that show. Um, passed away at the age of 66. Yeah, he plays, he's a, he's the a, a smart safe cracker guy in Die Hard. Yeah, it's a, it's a good role. Yeah, uh, I liked him. Uh, I liked him a lot in that movie. I never saw Walker, so I can't say I ever saw him in that show but yeah sucked 66 is not there's no age at all these days yeah christine mcvee the singer songwriter keyboardist for fleetwood mac passed away at the age of 79 yeah. yes sucks. yeah um i love fleetwood mac me too um i uh it's it's one of those things where like like David Bowie's past, like Prince's past, and like those are two of my like my those were some of my biggest like musical loves. Um, and then like and then this is like another one. Like I love like he, she's not the first member of Fleetwood Mac to Mac to pass, but it's been a while. Um, and the rest of like the not to be rude, like the the, the, the main people, like like the famous people, they're they're still around, like uh, 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 Buckingham and, and Stevie Nicks and Mick Fleetwood and stuff. Um, yeah. but she was an incredible talent. Um, she, my favorite story of hers is she wrote a song called You Make Loving Fun. Um, th- so real quick, uh, Fleetwood Mac, uh, one of the most tumultuous, dramatic bands in history. They're one of the greatest albums of all time, Rumors. It is inarguably one of the greatest albums of all time, it was made during a time where they're all having affairs, they're all doing drugs, sex, drugs, rock and roll, their lives are miserable, but they're still a team and they wrote through the trauma and the drama and they created one of the greatest albums of all time. Um, and like, every, it's like, it's so dramatic and like I'm just waiting for the for the movie to come out, uh, which will eventually happen um, because like everything gets dramatized. But uh, uh, You Make Loving Fun was written about the man she's having an affair with. And then when her husband confronted her about it, she said she wrote it about her dog. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to that song, it's not about a dog. Um, I just like it's it, this is one of the things where like there's there are bands I know I'm just never going to see. Like obviously, again, Bowie and Prince, like they're, they're past, but like old bands, like like Led Zeppelin, I'm never going to see Led Zeppelin, right? Like some of those people have passed away too, but like I'm never going to see Fleetwood Mac ever. And like that really, really bums me out because uh, I listen to Fleetwood Mac almost daily. And if I'm not listening to it, it's playing at work because we play good music at work. Um, yeah, this one is, is a big old bummer and it just makes me realize that like, oh yeah, they're all, all those people are old. They're all, they're all in their 70s. Um, so it's only going to get, unfortunately, uh, sadder from here. But uh, great stuff. Yeah. Sparks, yeah. did you want to add anything? No, I think he covered it pretty well. Ben? Um, yeah. Ryan, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, Gail also agrees with you. I cried when she died, and she had a great yeah. voice. Yeah. Just common. Uh, their comments mm-hmm. there. Also, Al- Dillow Sparks' cat. Yeah. Al Strobel. Uh, Philip Gerard on Twin Peaks. Yep, this is for away. this is the Parks and I joint. Um, he, 83, he, 83. Eight, that, yeah, he he was old in that show. Um, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not familiar with his work outside of Twin Peaks, but most like any character in Twin Peaks, every character is incredibly uh, uh, fun or crazy or wild or has some importance <laughs> no matter how big or small. Um, him being the one armed man, um, he's very he's very memorable and he's essential to fire walk with me. Um, 
yeah, uh, uh, 83 is, it's, it's a little, it's up there. Um, he, he's, he will always be a part of me. Fire walk with him. All right, so let's move on to some other things. Uh, ballerina. Probably not a surprise to find out that Lance Reddick will be reprising his role uh, in the John Wick spinoff. Ballerina. Good for him. The concierge. They also said, they also confirmed when it takes place between John Wick 3 and 4. Oh, that's cool. I, yeah. I wonder if he's, she's going to be in 4. In any, in any way. Oh, maybe. Did you see the poster they released for 4? That's an awesome poster with like the the bullet. It's like his tie is an hourglass, but instead of saying it's bullets. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power had a major casting announcement this week. Uh, the uh, the big thing is that the actor who plays Adar, uh, Joseph Mull, M-A-W-L-E, is being replaced for season two uh, by Sam Hazeldean, uh, who was a character in Peaky Blinders. He had this uh, he had this to say about it. He tweeted about this when the news came out. Uh, I loved my time exploring Middle Earth and diving into Tolkien's mythology. I'm so honored that the character was liked. He cared deeply about telling you his story. Uh, though as an actor, it remains my wish. Uh, my job description, my, my wish to, uh, my job description to explore new characters and worlds. My, wi- my wish to. That was weird. I'm sorry. I missed that. I think I messed that up. Uh, anyway. Uh, Wishing all the best to the cast and crew for season two. I'll be cheering you on from silence. It sounds like it was his decision. Uh, yeah, it could be. Could be scheduling. Could be like his role wasn't as. Maybe he read a script. And he's like, nah, I don't need to be in this anymore. Yeah. Um, who knows? At least you know he sounds like he's leaving like on on like good terms. It wasn't like yeah. anything like nasty. Yeah, when he said he was being replaced, my first thought was like, oh, what did he do? What did he say? Anything? Did he do something? What's going on? But it's like, but of course we hear hear a statement and now it's like okay so it's probably his own volition and he's not he doesn't sound bitter about it so okay yeah Yeah. it could also be a pr thing like you know he doesn't want negative press around the show so he's just putting this out that could also be true um gabriel akuwudike uh yasin zates ator ben daniels uh amelia kenworthy nia toll and nicholas wooderson woodson uh, have joined the cast as well. So, you know. Those are those are all names. Those were all names. I those did not names. see anything I recognized those those people from. Uh wish you the best of luck. Well, I mean to be fair, a lot of Rings of Power season one also had that. Yes. Uh Doom the Sisterhood cast Mark Strong as Emperor Javico Javicho Corino. Uh Description reads, a man from a great line of wartime emperors who is called upon to govern the Imperium and manage a fragile peace. Mark Strong is a good guy. We all know who Mark Strong is, of course. Uh, Jade Anuka? Anauko? No. A-N-O-U-K-A. Sure. Uh, From His Dark Materials uh, and Last Christmas, we'll play Sister Theodosia a talented and ambitious acolyte at the sisterhood who harbors a dangerous secret about her past. And then Chris Mason from Broadchurch and Riverdale uh, will play, actually, interestingly enough, uh, same amount of episodes for both those shows. 
seven episodes. Um, Kieran Atreides will play Kieran Atreides. I was like, um, wait, Kier, Kier, his name's Kieran Atreides. We'll play Kieran Atreides. No, Chris Mason will play Kieran Atreides. Oh, okay, gotcha. That, uh, Atreides and the Kranos. Yeah, these are all. These are all. Man, we're just doing House of the Dragon, baby. Let's do it. Uh, basically, the, the the thing says a swordmaster to a great house whose ambition to live up to his family name is disrupted when he forms an unexpected connection to a member of the royal family. Yeah, sounds like sounds like Paul. Uh, Ryan, why don't you answer Gail's question? I cut myself at work, so I'm wearing a blue band aid or a blue finger condom, as they call as I as I call them. Oh, and, and the green screen's picking it up a little bit. Uh, it looks really funny. I must say. <laughs> yes. Yes. Loki has cast Kate Dickey from The Green Knight and The Northman uh, as the villain for season two. Yeah. So um, this is, and this is this is not this is not to be mean to the actor. Uh, this is actually a positive. She's so good. She's one of the most evil-looking ladies I've ever seen in real life. She looks like she belongs out of the 1800s. I've only ever seen her play just the most vile, evil people. She's I'm sure she's really lovely. Like, just like, she's got like resting evil lady face, and she's so sure. good at being an evil lady. So the fact that she's going to be like, who knows? Like, people are speculating because like her facial structure, she's probably going to be some version of evil, like another Loki or a Sylvie, um, which makes sense, you know, a, a, a evil British lady, um, or she could be anyone else. But like, that's stack casting. So like, Loki, Loki is in good hands. Yeah, Daredevil Born Again has cast Michael Gandolfini in a major role. That's all we know. Uh, yeah, he's he's playing uh, Wilson Fisk's son, Richard Fisk. There's no way he's not. <laughs> um, uh, I'd be shocked if he's playing anyone else, considering the Rose, Richard Fisk's son, is really prominent now. He was in he was in their most recent Daredevil stuff and Devil's Reign, the big event that that is really great that everyone should read. Um, so yeah, they're, they're, it makes sense being born again. You know, I've got a son. I got a blah blah blah. I'm like cool. It's been a number it's, of years since we saw him last, so my, he probably does have a kid. I mean, like his yes. I mean, he like he, the kid's like the actor's like thirty years old, so like I'm sure he, so he, he would he have had. To... Yeah, interesting. Yeah, he's not a young kid. He's he's an old man. He's like he's our age. Yeah, I don't think about that. Yeah. Either way, uh, I'm really excited that Daredevil's coming back. You saw he he also talked about about um, uh, happy not happy Jesus Foggy and uh, uh, Karen today. Charlie Cox. Uh, yeah, just basically t said that you know they were the backbone of the show. Like, he doesn't, he's not saying if they're back or not, but that kind of sounds to me like they're back. Yeah, there was silly speculation that he would be, that uh, Gandolfini would be playing Foggy, and I'm like, they're not going to recast Foggy if they're bringing half the cast back. That's so that would be incredibly silly on them. Um, so like, yeah, uh, we got we got more Fisk on the way. I I I feel like I feel like Charlie Cox would push to bring them back. Oh, yeah. Like I don't think he would have done it, honestly. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we talk about the trailer, we're going to talk a bit about Transformers Rise of the Beasts, uh, which, because the trailer release, released a ton of uh, casting news. So here's who's playing who. We already know about Peter Cullen playing Optimus Prime, and oh my god, I just completely blanked on it. Ron Perlman uh, playing mm -hmm. Optimus Primal. So outside of that, uh, oh, Michelle Yeoh's in this as one of the Transformers. I forgot who. Peter Dinklage will play Scourge. Yay. Liza Koshy will play RC. John DiMaggio will play Stratosphere. David Sobolov will play Rhinox and Battletrap. 
Uh, interesting note about Sobolov is that he is the only member of the original Beast Wars cast to be in the new movie. Nice. Uh, he he played Depth Charge and Teletran One in the first in the in the first series when in the nineties. He's coming back to this movie. Very cool. Playing Rhinox, that's awesome. Those yeah, Rhinox. Awesome big names. And if the dialogue sucks, they don't mean shit. <laughs> As the Bayformers have proven. It's not Bayformers, though. No, I know, but I'm saying we've had big stars play Transformer voices before, and if the dialogue sucked, it didn't mean anything. True. Michaela J. Rodriguez will play Nightbird. Uh, Christo Fernandez will play Wheeljack. And Toby Nguigwe? Nguigwe? will play Reek. So. Very cool. Uh, the Boys has cast... Sorry. Simon Pegg is coming back for The Boys Season 4. Cool. Yay! But they have also cast Huey's mother uh, in Rosemary DeWitt from The scare, from the Staircase and Black Mirror. Uh, mm-hmm. She will play uh, Huey's mother in the next season. Cool. I like family stuff. Uh, Elliot Knight, who played Dove in Titans... And Rob Benedict, who played Chuck slash God in Supernatural, uh, are also have been also added to the cast of season four. I'm so excited for the girl who played Dove. She's so good. Yeah. Oh, she's so good. Yeah. The 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 guy Dove. Oh. Wait. There's a black guy who plays Dove in that show. In Titans? Oh, the new season? I don't know if it's the new season. I just know he's great. I, I watched because the first three seasons of Dove. Dove is a girl. Yeah, well, probably in the later seasons then, because he uh, because he is credited as Dove in Titans. Interesting. Well, glad we jumped we jumped off uh, before. Yeah. Significantly less interested. <laughs> uh, I'm excited yeah. for the boys, but no, because that's no because it's Minka Kelly and that and I was like, is the name wrong? But no, it, it, we just didn't catch up to the show. No, let me let me let me actually let me actually pull it up. Uh, Elliot Knight. Uh, yeah, let's see. Well, he's also in Color Out Space, which is cool. Yeah, Titans. Uh, Don Hall for two episodes and see one episode in season one, Hank and Don, and he's one episode the, in season. He's the, no, he's the he's the original one that dies. Oh, oh, yeah, he's like, barely he's in the show. Barely in the show. Yeah, oh, okay, then that's not much of a credit. And then season three and Souls. Okay. Season three and, and, and season three in an episode called Souls. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, he doesn't have a whole lot, but that was what he was credited as. Cool. Give him getting a bigger role. I'm excited for God to show up in, in the boys. Sure. You know, hey, Eric Kripke can bring back all of his supernatural buddies. Definitely, Eric Kripke, give people work. That's fine. <laughs> I got too much of that character in another show, so. Sure. That's fine. Mike. Uh, okay, so so that's all the casting news. So exciting stuff. Mike Flanagan news. We talked a bit about it up top already, uh, but we'll just kind of run through some of it. Um, he and uh, Tre- Trevor Macy have signed an exclusive multi-year deal with Amazon Studios to develop shows. Now, the day after this came out, it was revealed that Netflix had canceled The Midnight Club. Yeah. Coincidence? Nope, not at all. <laughs> um. Basically, for Amazon for Amazon Studios, he will develop new shows. It's going to be an exclusive deal. It's going to develop new shows. And uh, for Midnight Club, as Ryan and Spark said, uh, he, uh, he has posted what his plans for the next season uh, and answers to uh, to mysteries online. 
he also said that he's actually excited about going to the week-to-week format because that's what he wanted to do with Midnight Mass, but they wouldn't let him. Interesting. Yeah, and Midnight Mass is absolutely a show that builds week-to-week, and that is a show I would have... I love that show, and I binged it. I think that show would have been better week-to-week, actually, because like you have to stay with some of the shit that happens. It's really funny, too, because like Netflix markets Midnight Club as an entry in the Flanagan-verse, and... <laughs> Like they clearly didn't care enough. No, because uh, that's over now. That's dead. Rip. Yeah, yeah, it does. I'll, I'll watch. Uh, I would say support my plan again on Netflix, but like he doesn't seem no, to want to anymore. No eventual second season to Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, yeah. He he. Um, obviously the connection uh, between these two news items not a coincidence. He found out they were canceling it before we did, and he made a deal with Amazon Studios because he was. Perhaps he was upset. Perhaps he felt unfulfilled. But there, there it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was a last straw in a string of Netflix bad choices. Yeah, probably. Sure. All right, Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, apparently, Amazon once again is closing in on a on a quote unquote big deal uh, for DC animated content on Prime. <laughs> HBO Max. Oh, it's the bat. It's the Batman. No, yeah, it, but I'm like, they want Matt. They want Cape Crusader. Yeah, they want the Cape Crusader show. I'm, it's, yeah. it's like, well, Zaslav was like, I'm gonna sell it. No, I know. I'm shop it no, around. So. I know. I know. I'm glad. It, I'm just glad it's summer. But like, why you don't want your Batman thing on the on your Batman network? Because Zaslav's stupid. Yeah. Because Zaslav's stupid. But you know, it's kind of it goes back to like we're looking at like Amazon probably said, okay, we want Cape Crusader and everything else. So whatever you're gonna make next goes to us. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that still that still gives that still gives Warner Brothers money because now Amazon has to license it. It's 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 they have to pay a certain amount to keep that content. So, you know, I'm just like is. I. Zav's just a funny person. Like, you know what? You know that new Batman thing? We don't need it. We don't yeah, need I, it. I I don't look look. He's done one good thing in his entire run there so far, and that's putting James Gunn in charge of DC. Yeah, but st- we've talked on length about the stupidity of Zaslav, and I'm just like, I'm sick and tired of it. I'm done. I don't like it. I don't like them all. Why can't Warner Bros. Discovery can't do a Disney on him? Get him out. Ben, I'm sorry. We'll be hearing about him for a while. Nah. He is well, Warner Brothers. Disney, he is Warner Brothers Discovery. There's no one above him. Yeah, no, yeah. that's the part that sucks. Okay. Give a, give, hey, give it a couple years. Maybe like they'll do an Iger. They're like, we got to get rid of this guy. <laughs> uh, Legendary Pictures. Uh, we heard a little while ago that Legendary Pictures decided to end their partnership with Warner Brothers. Uh, or it was coming to an end. They decided not to renew. Um, but all everyone was wondering where they were. I was hoping for Paramount. Just putting it out there. But Sony Pictures has partnered with Legendary entertainment and we'll have a multi-year partnership with them for the time being uh that said legendary will continue to uh work on select warner brothers properties i assume that means they just want to keep working on dune part two and the monsterverse films they said Um, specifically those two are the things that they'll keep working on with warner brothers yeah so i that makes sense to me Mm -hmm. uh ben is going to be going for a bit of a ride i got that from his wordless speaking <laughs> well i just wanted to tell the audience in case he just in case yeah he, he muted himself he muted himself then said i'll be right back and then left <laughs> <laughs> uh okay 
Well, Legendary, I hope you can make some good stuff with Sony. I really do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, At the Mountains of Madness had had this isn't necessarily news, but I wanted to put this one on here news because I because I think it's pretty cool. At the Mountains of Madness is something that Gail Toro has wanted to make for a very long time, mm-hmm. and he has spoken and having been 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 stopped at every turn to make this movie. He has he now has approached Phil Tippett. The, the 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 genius Phil Tippett, Mad uh, about turning at the mountains of madness into a stop motion film. Yeah. So, uh, hello, H.P. Lovecraft fan here. Uh, that that is one of those movies that's like unfilmable. Like one of those like they're just the things, the concepts, and the things that they're that they're doing are like really really hard to pull off. So Del Toro was trying to for years to try to make a hundred fifty million dollar rated R cosmic horror movie, and everyone was like, "No, are you effing crazy?" That's never going to happen. Uh, and to be fair, it wouldn't make its money back. Like it, the type of movie, like it's it's crazy shit. If it's if it's adapting it the way that you know Del Toro would, yeah. it's not going yeah. to get the money. It, there would be seven percent of people who like it because yeah. uh, it's just too gross and weird. Um, so this is, and I haven't watched Mad God yet. Phil Tippett's newest thing, but like people love it and it looks great. So like, if it, yo, you can turn, you can make this a cheap, like not not that something is cheap, but it's cheaper than a hundred fifty million dollar big horror blockbuster. It's honestly probably going to be more effective. And it, then yeah, and you wouldn't be. You wouldn't have to rely on like intense CGI. Like, it actually makes perfect sense. Um, yeah, like either animated or stop motion is like the way to go. Uh, this is stop I, motion uh, even is better than animation for this specifically. Yeah. Uh, I yeah, this is because it reaches into that like even good stop motion makes you a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just sure. does. Like seeing it in action makes you a little bit uncomfortable. That's true. You might forget about it when you're watching Paranorman, but like for a split second, you'll go. That looked weird. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. and it will always happen. And so I think stop motion is even better than animation because it is inherently mildly uncomfortable to look at. Yeah. Um God. I, yeah, I hope I hope Pinocchio does well enough where he's like, I'll do let me do this. Yeah. I think there's a lot of buzz around Pinocchio and and, and I do think that, that Del Toro has found a good partnership with Netflix. Yeah. Who knew? Um because Del Toro and Who knows how long it'll last because those things come and go like the breeze <laughs> exactly but it's really nice to see Guillermo del Toro at probably his most creative creatively free he's ever been um sure. and that's really cool and if we can get at that at mountains of madness because of this uh yeah bring it on I, I desperately want him to make that movie um I I can't wait yeah, I can't wait guys I can't wait till we know so we don't know what's coming and then we get a trailer yeah no that's when we know that it's real yeah yeah uh and if you guys don't want to wait in the mountains of madness you can watch uh in the mouth of madness which is uh john carpenter's 1995 sam neill horror movie that's kind of the same but very different so check that out cool gorgo bless you, you guys know do you guys know who gorgo is i know who gorgo unfortunately is. uh gorgo is a is a monster as a giant monster that i was i was i really loved as a kid um i, I really like that movie haven't seen it since i was a kid don't know if i still like that movie um, but something that excited me is that a company called Titanic Creations had been teasing what they were going to do with Gorgo. They have recently received the rights to Gorgo and were probably going to make a, a, a toy. Well, they were. They're making a toy of Gorgo. Cool. But they are also in development of a sequel graphic novel to the original movie. So we'll continue on. And a new animated film set to come out in 2024. It's really funny. 
cool. I I like Gorgo okay while yeah. recognizing what Gorgo is, which is that Godzilla King of the Monsters came out in the United States. It did really well. They didn't expect it to, and they were like, oh, well, but I kind of hate that it has that, you know, Japanese feel because they made it and we just kind of doctored it. Let's make one that's ours. And that's all Gorgo really is. <laughs> and uh, it's fine. It doesn't hold a pale to Godzilla because all the, even for the time, like compared to other films that were being made at the time, like like them, uh, it doesn't bring in the radiation narrative anywhere near uh, as well as American contemporary films at the time, let alone the original Gojira. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm I'm like, eh, you, who needs Gorgo? <laughs> Like Gorgo's fine, but it's up. He time. also needs to go back to Gorgo. Also, I don't think he looks very cool. Sorry. I just think it's funny because I just googled Gorgo because I had no idea. I've never heard of this monster before. Yeah. First thing that pops up on my Google search is Gorgo, Queen of Sparta, wife of King Leonidas the First in uh, four eighty nine BC. Yeah. yeah. Nope. That... Try again. Gorgo now... American kaiju film. No, it's now look, I now look up. It showed up. Hold on. Now, now look at that picture of the monster and read that again with that in mind. That's very funny. <laughs> that's that's the graphic novel. You ruined it. You've ruined no. it. I don't I'm so sorry. I'm so um, sorry. Look, I'm excited. I really like Gorgo as a kid. It's kind of not a nostalgia for me. Um, I, I think that the fact that we're getting new Gorgo is quite honestly insane to me. Yeah, I agree. It's but in like, a different yeah, context. Not everything, <laughs> not everything has to come back. I, uh, I agree with you. This is maybe something that should have been left alone. Um, I've wanted more Gorgo say, for years. Look, all I'll say, Brandon, is maybe watch Gorgo again and then see how you really feel. I'm really upset. Kaiju Ramen promised me a Gorgo episode. Not Kaiju Ramen. Kaiju Weekly promised me a Gorgo episode and then they stopped making episodes. Well, what are you going to do? They, um, they knew Gorgo was coming, and you're like, we can't do it. We can't. No more Gorgo. <laughs> they're like, oh shit, Brand's coming. Cut it, cut it. Yeah, it's, even... it's so funny. Okay, like, look, there have been, like, people in the kaiju circle who were always like, man, it's just a shame that Gorgo never got to face off with, like, Godzilla or Gamera, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, that's like, that's like saying, that's like saying, gosh, I'm trying to find the best possible comparison. That's like saying Howard the Duck should have gone up against Brainiac. Like, what are you talking about? This makes no sense. Neither of these things should ever be in the same sphere, even as a joke. Like, they're not... I don't, I don't want to see Gorgo fight another monster. Yeah. Especially especially a monster especially a monster that illegally cannot, cannot uh, uh, go against. Like, there's no, who the hell is going to watch a Gorgo versus... Now, Gamera versus Godzilla would sell gangbusters no, no no absolutely but gamera versus gorgo it's it's these people it's these people who think like gorgo is even in the conversation and i'm like gorgo is not welcome to the conversation he does not enter the chat room <laughs> he wasn't invited to the convention nobody wants him here no <laughs> okay anyway <laughs> real quick gail i think you were talking about lovecraft country yeah. and i just want to say that ryan loved it uh i loved it Brandon loved it, and you can check out a Fick Nerds Watch where we talk about it. Got a whole thing for you. Uh, yeah, Lovecraft Country is really good show. Uh, he also asked, uh, "What was my what was your favorite movie so far the year this year?" I already said, up top, Glass Onion. Glass Onion. Most likely, he believes it's Glass Onion. It might change. You'll find out in our holiday uh, after our the New Year. That's true. Until the New Year, yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, that's fun. Gorgo's fun. 
I'm glad we had that discussion about Gorgo. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, wrong movie. <laughs> no, I want to watch that thing. You're right. Uh, you're right. No, you're right. People act like they can do that, and that's like, yeah, that's Gorgo, and it's like, get the get out of here. <laughs> Sparks is just is that gif where he goes, get out. All right. I'm just saying, watch the movie again, and then we'll talk. You know, I I will. I will. I just want to keep it in my head a little bit longer. That's fair. <laughs> Keep the dream alive. It's got a little nostalgia (laughs) for me. I'm like, yeah, Gorgo. Because here's the thing. Gorgo, not to keep going with Gorgo. I'm so sorry. But like, uh, Gorgo is, uh, was the only other monster movie I saw besides Godzilla. Like I hadn't, at the time, I hadn't seen any other monster movies that weren't Godzilla. So like, that's where it has like that nostalgia for me. Sure. I was like, there's other ones? One Punch Man. One Punch. One Punch Man will be returning for a third season uh, three years after the second season wrapped up. Good. I have time to catch up. Cool. Is this with a different animation studio? Do you know? I don't know, actually. Okay, because the animation studio changed from season one to two. Yeah. Uh, I did not think to check. I'm sorry. That's fine. That's fine. I wouldn't be surprised if they did because a lot of the backlash was... Season two had a lot of backlash for the animation taking a dip yeah really is all it came down to like it wasn't a bad season people still like the story the manga had been going for a while it's it wasn't a bad story it was just that people were upset because it was no longer of the visual quality that the first season was because they changed studios yeah yeah that tends to happen you get used to a certain style and then all of a sudden they change you go what well and one punch man season one is like absolutely massively detailed Mm. there is no word who who is okay who is gonna it probably didn't change yeah, um, but time. maybe they but maybe the studio put more time into it because this is a I think a bigger gap between season one two and three than season one and two. Yeah. Oh so this this kind of gap was normal between one and two. I thought this was 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 that well because normal. it changed studios. It was a oh, it I was see. a gap. Um yeah, One Punch Man's had some big gaps in its seasons. I also just on the arc read like the the uh the pandemic also is one reason it's coming out so late. Sure. Which is makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yep. What's this? Oh, Hellcat. Meow. Quick comic book news. Hellcat, um, Patsy Walker, will be heading a new five-issue miniseries uh, starting next year on March, uh, written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Alex Lynn. Cool. Uh, This will be spinning out of Cantwell's Iron Man run, uh, which left uh, Patsy Walker in a specific place that this will be picking up from. Makes sense. Um, and will be the first step in graduating. This is from Marvel's press release in graduating Hellcat to an A-list character. That's a wild statement. I look forward mm-hmm. to it. Uh, if that's going to reflect in the MCU, I really wonder if they're going to bring Patsy back. I, <laughs> I, I think it's only fair to that to that actor. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, that phrasing specifically. Oh, like oh, so she's coming to the MCU again? A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, that's awesome. Like again, like I don't, I don't know how, how much Iron Man you read, uh, but like Hellcat is a. I got like I got like the first year in. Okay, so yeah, you you met her. Like, I she, met her. I met her. In this run. Yeah, uh-huh. they're they're they are such a good team, and they have they have histories from the seventies and eighties. So like when she came back into this run, people were like, why the hell is Iron Man hanging out with Hellcat? I'm like, because man, comic books have history. That's why. Um, it was she, really cool. She is such a good foil to Tony Stark, um, mostly because Chris Chris Campbell just knows how to write these type of characters. Um, 
So like, I'm very, very stoked. I'm super excited for this. I'm more excited for what the hell that means for the MCU. Cause like, you don't say something like that. You don't make Hellcat an A-lister unless you're bringing her up into the spotlight. And we've had Patsy, so it's that's a that's a big question mark. That's a big question mark tied to the rest of the Netflix <sighs> stuff. Why is she the Born Again with Jessica Jones? What if Born Again <laughs> is just the Defenders too? I'm yeah. What's wrong with that? Totally shocked if it is. Got no problem with that. Uh, all right. Um, do you want me to read the description for what this series will be about? Nah, you're good. Okay. There's a murder involved, though. Something All right. Called Blanc. <laughs> cat, it's quite a cup hard decrement. That's not it. That's a uh, foghorn leghorn. Well, they mentioned they make that joke in the first movie, right? Uh, yeah, Chris Evans yeah. like that foghorn leghorn Kentucky fried piece of shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway. Netflix better release Glass Onion on physical. So help me God. I'll kill him. I don't, I don't, have, I don't have faith. Uh, but Ben, why don't you bring up Gail's latest comment uh, about chatting real quickly. Uh, I'm just chatting with y'all, of course. I figure y'all enjoy chat as you guys chit chat. Yeah, we, we don't we don't mind. We, you know, we, we are doing, uh, you know, we are just doing the show here. But, you know, we are just hanging out all, all in all. Yeah. But especially yeah. On, on, on weeks where we do uh, a lot of news, like like what we're about to get into, um, you know, we we try to keep it on keep it on topic. Trailers. Wow! Oh, thank God. <laughs> Almost there. Sparks is like, oh, <sighs> finally. <laughs> Teen Wolf, Sparks. Why don't you get started with Teen Wolf the movie? Oh. Um, I don't really have a lot to say because I can't say a lot. Uh, to people who are not familiar, um, but they really they they threw there looks like they're throwing everything in the kitchen sink into this one, um, except for Dylan O'Brien and uh, the other actor whose name is not as prominent in my mind, um, who didn't come back and we talked about it before because they weren't going to pay her equal to other female co-stars, which is totally fair. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's wild uh, to see these characters being projected into like adulthood. Um, <clears throat> When, like, they still look like they could kind of play the same versions of themselves they were playing on the show before. Mm -hmm. So, it, it's interesting. Um, there's cool mummy-looking people. Yeah, you, guys, there's cool there's cool monsters. It's more than just werewolves. There's a lot of cool creatures and lore and weird mythology stuff going on in Teen Wolf. I highly, highly recommend it. Oh. Um, I'm excited for them. This is this is cool, unexpected but nice. I'm I'm definitely I will admit I'm definitely kind of nervous that the Allison story is maybe a bad idea. Uh, whatever they're doing, I'm like, there better be a real good reason why she's alive and doesn't remember anything. If it's Amnesia. really stupid, I'm just like, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> Is it the same like creative team from the show? Uh, I don't. It's the remember. same. It's the same writer, isn't it? Probably. Like, like the creator of the show is the is the writer of this movie. Yeah. Uh. Gen genuinely uh, at, this, at this current juncture like the only way i think i feel good about it is if allison is just not allison at all mm -hmm. literally like uh they they've either made a copy or someone has shapeshifted into her or whatever uh i don't really care like just as long as it's not actually we've revived allison somehow and also she doesn't remember things uh, like i'm just not here for it so it is the writer that yeah. is the writer the director is a guy who has not made a lot of good movies yeah 
So including one of the bad Resident, one of the bad Resident Evil ones. That's what oh. I saw too. Um, yeah, they did like the uh, uh, not the best, but that's okay. Maybe the writing will help. Wait, there's only two res. There's only two other directors in the Resident Evil franchise. Not Paul W. Sanderson. So which bad one? Retribution. That's Paul W. Sanderson, isn't it? Uh, it this it, he directed Resident Evil Extinction. Oh, that's the third one. Oh, I like Extinction. Oh, that's the best one. That's the good one. Oh, that's the good one. Oh, maybe he is good then. <laughs> also direct, oh, well, I saw one bad thing, and then okay, no, actually, okay, that is that is the best. <laughs> that is the best Resident Evil movie. Never mind. There you Very go. Very cool. Yeah. Um. The Witcher Blood Origin. I'll be honest. I, the first trailer, I I could not give two shits about, but this trailer intrigued <clears> me a little bit more. Um, hey, it's a D and D party going to save the world. Cool. Uh, the action yeah. looks really good. Um, I, I'm not caught up on the last four thousand Witcher things have come out, so I don't even know if I'm going to watch this. To be honest, but it looks good. Yeah. Um, I was actually curious. Was I wrong in thinking that this is a story about the convergence or like that whole thing where everything comes together? Or then it, it's I, I don't know. The only thing I know for sure is it's the story of how the Witchers came into being. Oh, uh, okay. It is that's... yeah. It is twelve hundred years in the past. Um, so yeah, the problem like that is like yeah, like they're gonna make Witchers or how the process is. But it's also like uh, definitely dealing with how the elves used to rule the world. And if you watch The Witcher or know anything but The Witcher now, elves are are a sect or second class citizens that are slaves mm-hmm. to a lot of people. So uh, it's gonna be about humans taking the reins over the world and then actually humans are, are just as bad if not worse than other races like they all yeah. so. i think the action in this looks really cool uh yeah. i do like i do like seeing kind of like a uh what you call it what would you call it a D campaign yeah. Of, yeah. worth of characters <laughs> yeah i did i i do like seeing that uh uh it seems like a fun dynamic for the witcher franchise which is mostly just Geralt. um the end of the trailer was very was very interesting because it's jaskier Yaskir. Yeah. He, he he said it. It's he's probably just telling the story of what's happening. That's probably true. Because there's no way Jaskier is twelve. No. He's just a dude. He's not. Unless he's not in the past. <laughs> I I thought I thought either what Spark said or time travel. Not oh. in The Witcher. I don't know. I. Uh, not time, I, it's not. It's not playing a Star Wars. There's no time travel in The Witcher. Maybe it's a ghost. It's yeah. It's y'all. Yeah, it's not. It's, That's still time travel. A ghost no, like a, backwards. Oh my God, he's he's Merlin. He ages backwards. No, no, not just the, the lady. The lady it. is the ghost. Oh, the lady is the ghost. Yes, the lady is the ghost, and she picks Jaskier to sing the songs. And she's like, "Hey, oh, yes. this is what happened thousands of years ago, and I'm picking you to sing these songs." And he's like, "Uh, how about no?" Cool. Jaskier's not the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> That was a more funny. That was a more it fun was. train of thought. I'll be that honest. Was, that, was like a, that was an absurd read on what he said. The way he said it. <laughs> um, Gen V. More boys. Uh, the spinoff to the boys. Gen V. There's a Muppet. There's a Muppet guy in there, so I'm excited. I really like the cut of this trailer where it's like we're made of steel. Many, many shots of people getting covered in blood. <laughs> yep. Uh, there's the puppet who gets decapitated, I guess. Um, there's also a dude. That one of the one one of the girls' powers, like she can throw her like her like uh, stomach. It's blood. She's a blood. She's like a blood mage. 
Okay, it looks it looks more like it looks more like intestines being thrown out, but not blood. Well, it's uh, it's the same power that Scarlet from Mortal Kombat has. She's like a, a phlegmologist or whatever. Where like mm. she has a knife and she can cut herself open with blood and use her blood as weapons, like Scorpion or like Sub Zero uses ice. So she's like uh, she's doing like blood shit. Um, kind of like those those blood mages in Elden Ring. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, Ryan would know that. I don't think Ryan. Would know that. Oh yeah, but it, it, it's it's dark magic shit. But like, but it's just here. Like she uses her blood as a weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just like like a Sub Zero thing. Yeah. It looks cool. Yeah. It does look really cool. Yeah, um, I uh, I'm not I'm not worried about this because like we've had three three seasons, four. Yeah. Quality seasons with boys. Yeah. Three. So like uh, and like half like a lot of the characters from that show are gonna show up in the show. So like I'm I yeah, no we saw. To- we saw in this season A Train and Ashley in this trailer A Train and Ashley, right? I think yeah, I think Ashley. everyone's on the table that is not the boys. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I think so too. I think there'll definitely be some uh, like some homeliner stuff too. Yeah, yeah. Hey, more boys is uh, always a good thing. I mean that in both ways. Um, so, uh, if real quickly, Gail, it is Rankin Bass Santa Claus riding the T Rex. They asked me what my shirt was. Lovely. Na, na, na. Super Mario Bros. I want you guys to go first. Ben, I have a feeling I have the same reaction as you. It go looks first. Incredible. It looks incredible. Shut up. Go first. Go it first. Uh, All three of you go first. Oh, I'm, ben, I'm talking. <laughs> God, Ben. You need to relax. It's just, it's just a trailer. Um, besides Chris Pratt, again, like I've, I have not liked. I, I don't like Illumination. I don't think they. I think the their best movies are a decade ago. I don't think they've done anything of real quality. Personally, I don't give a shit about Minions. So the fact that this looks like a movie, a real movie, not just marketing the children with Minions, I'm just shocked that like, okay, so you are capable of doing good shit. That's amazing. I'm so happy. Um, and like the writers and directors are from like the Lego movie and stuff. So like I, I have full faith. I have full faith in this movie that this will probably be one of the better video game adaptations ever made. I'm sorry, I'm reacting to Gail's comment. Um, uh, yeah, I hate Mario's voice. Um, obviously, the Chris Pratt stuff aside, it looks good. Like it looks, it looks very good. I think Ben will never truly be satisfied in life until he gets to take a projector screen of this movie to Super Mario World, uh, the Nintendo Land at Watching Universal Studios, and watches it there. Um, because that is how much truly Ben is nostalgic bitch and absorbed into this shit. The thing um, I'm wearing so I'm a not freaking NES controller that, shirt today. God damn I'm it. I'm not surprised that he is honing all the all the fandom nerdom control of this trailer. Uh, uh, but it looks cool. The most impressive thing, I think, besides it looking like visually really good, and I think it's funny, is they really went balls to the wall incorporating the video game aspect of Mario. Yes. That is the thing that I'm most impressed by. There's it. There's it looks like there's original Donkey Kong. There's Smash. There's Mario Kart. There's the original platforming levels of of multiple different games. Mm-hmm. It's it's really impressive how much care is in this movie. Um, yeah, like I I I like this is how I feel, Ben. When I get like a really cool like like com- like nerdy comic book, like like yo like man thing showed up. What the shit? Like something like that. Like I I understand why you feel this way. Like this looks unreal. <laughs> Brandon. I really loved it. Yeah. Like loved. And I'm I'm I've seen here's the thing. Controversial opinion. Uh I've grown accustomed to Chris Pat's voice, perhaps, but there was a lot of talk about his Wahoo at the end of the, at the end of the trailer and comparing it to other Wahoos around around the around the world. Uh I think he had the best one, frankly. 
Um, sounded very, very Mario. I don't like the French voice actor doing it, and I think that because I just because she's just going woohoo. Like no, that no, it's wahoo. It's what you're doing. You either commit to the bit or you don't do it at all. Um, so uh, I, I really liked it. I got hyped when I saw Mario Kart uh, in this trailer. I was like, well, this is this is a Super Mario Brothers movie. You did it. You you, you made them. You made Super Mario Brothers. You just did it. You made a movie. I am free to admit that I watched this trailer five times in the span that it came out. Because right when the trailer came out, Nintendo did a whole little Nintendo Direct for the movie again, but they had Seth Rogen and Anya Taylor-Joy do the video bit. Mm-hmm. And good Lord, I was floored with how amazing this looks. Um. I, I gotta be honest, I don't know if it's just because I'm just so, I listen to it so many times, but Chris Pratt's voice is growing on me a little bit. It's still my biggest problem with the whole project. That aside, Charlie Day, amazing. Jack Black, amazing. I love Anya Taylor-Joy. We got to hear more of Toad. All the Easter eggs, seeing Donkey Kong, the first shot, one of the first shots in this trailer, we see freaking Donkey Kong. And we, you get to, like, people have been combing over this trailer frame by frame. They're seeing Funky Kong, Cranky Kong, all these, I was expecting three power-ups at most in this movie. I was expecting this, the mushroom, the superstar, and the fire power. That's it. Ooh. We get the damn Tanuki suit. The Tanuki suit. Ben, real quickly though, I didn't expect any power-ups. I thought we were just going to get a plumber doing doing stuff on, yes. on, on this thing. I thought, honestly, I thought this, this movie wasn't going to have imagination. No. Frankly. Yeah. And yeah. it does. And it does. It, 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 this do you know what this reminds me of? This trailer is like what the Sonic, the the people who made Sonic the Hedgehog. They're like they are. These are people who love the games, and we're like we're gonna do as much of the stuff into the games as we can, and we're gonna do it with love and affection. They are doing this what I feel with Super Mario, and the fa- I mean to all it all it looks it just looks so good, and I love like the Mario Kart bit at the end just got me, and I was like this is amazing, Uh the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie is one of my favorite things to happen this year. This trailer did make me still sit there and go, why didn't they make animated Sonic movies? I don't get yeah. it. Yeah. I just don't understand. Yeah. yeah. This, hey, is, this is also what it should have been done with Sonic. Like, I don't mm-hmm. get it. I'm with you. I love that Sonic movie. Like, a lot. I really like a that lot. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. And, and, like, I sat there like, uh, Sonic should have been animated. <laughs> yep. And I 100% agree. Um, uh, yeah, 100% agree. Sonic the Hedgehog should have been animated. I mean, I'm still glad we got a, a great a movie as we did with Sonic the Hedgehog 2. But, man. Well, but yeah. this, one, this one, Super Mario Brothers, looks really good. And I love the voice actor. I love most of the voice acting um, that we see in this movie is really good. Uh, Jack Black continues. He got the he got the spotlight in the first trailer, but seeing hearing more of his Bowser, I love Jack Black, so mm-hmm. that's going to be great. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited for this. Honestly, Mag, like I think this yeah, is hell really yeah, good. good idea, Mag. Mag, yeah. you so you're so right. We are going to do that. <laughs> Mag. That's how I know you're a real one. You know that we do the bingo cards. Oh, uh, bingo card for Super the Super Mario Brothers for <laughs> for audio for audio listeners. Uh, Mag just said you're going to do a Super Mario Bros. Bingo movie. Uh, bingo card when the movie comes out. We do that for a lot of Marvel movies. Guess we'll probably do it for a Super Mario Bros. movie. All I know is now that we're gonna have to sit down and watch the original 1990 whatever Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> I've been we wait, have I've to been, do I'm, that. I'm, I'm so excited. Uh, and yeah, you know what? Am... Now I'm ready for it. 
Mm-hmm. I'm just, I am so, so jazzed uh, for this. I, I will answer Gail's question as well, which yes, is right. who you guys think would have been a better voice actor of Mario, only because I thought of it a, a while ago, and I think I'm right. And it's Richard Kind. Mm-hmm. If it's not Charles Martinet, huh. it's Richard Kind, the voice of Bing Bong in Inside Out. Yep, yep, yep. Think about oh. where his tone is. Think about his inflections. That's Mario. That's good. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, but he yes. doesn't sell a movie like Chris Pratt. No, he doesn't. He it's doesn't. Not bad. Bad. I, I, I will always hold on to. I think the choice should have been Charles Martinet. Um, yes, I just, I just yeah. said if it's not yeah. Charles Martinet, Richard mm. Kind would have been the choice. That is a good pick. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah. I love. I love this. I love this trailer so much. We're definitely and like we got a teeny bit of it in the first trailer, but also like like Luigi's wearing his Luigi's Mansion backpack vacuum. Yeah, yeah. Like throughout this trailer too. So like we saw the ghosts. And the so end. like mm-hmm. there's gonna have an extended sequence of just like here's the little Luigi's. So what I think this movie is, it's I obviously... think they're on separate adventures. Yeah. So it's it's it is an Isekai. Mario gets brought here, but it's a it's him gathering a team to fight Bowser. Like I think he goes to Donkey Kong Land to get Donkey Kong to join him and he has to do a fight and he's going to go to, I think it is going to be like going to different worlds. Like that map that we saw uh, of the, of the overworld, which looks I'm like, I was like, Oh my God, it looks like a Mario map. I it like, it looks like the super Mario world map. Yoshi's yeah. we get Yoshi's Yoshi's oh, confirmed. Yeah, Island. Yeah. I, this, yeah, I, this is one that's going to like, if this isn't really good, it's going to really bum. It's going to, oh, it's going to just, it, it's like, going to hurt me so much. Yeah. I don't give a shit about Mario. Yeah. I've never played a Mario game. I don't Your really care. Your going to be hard then, bro. <laughs> Stop that, Brandon. You played Mario Kart. Uh, it's just kind of passively. I don't really count that as... I guess so. I guess so. Everybody yeah. plays Mario Kart passively. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Highest selling game on the Switch, my man. Highest selling game on the Switch. Okay. At any rate, I don't give a shit. Yeah. Mario's whatever to me. Mm-hmm. I'm stoked for this movie. Like that trailer sold me hard. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's very pretty. I I can yeah. definitely see a world where I go to Universal Studios, watch the movie at the theater at Cinemark, and go there straight to Mart- Nintendo World. Yeah, yes, I'm nostalgia's bitch. I am that nostalgia's bitch. I don't care. We did I it. Earned my title. God damn it! I want to do show. that. That's the show. Good night, everyone. <laughs> we did it. All right. Anyway, I'm excited. Yes, I love this trailer. <laughs> Cocaine bear. What the bloody hell did I just watch? <laughs> Listen, y'all. We go from. We go from. Okay, one of you. One of you. Oh my God, Ben. One of you guys at one time. Go ahead, Ben. I was saying we go from one of the, like the most. Let's go. Let's have fun. To what? What do you mean? I was having fun watching that trailer. So real quickly, Cocaine Bear. So don't no, don't know. It's based on a true story. The true story is a little bit more tragic than what we're seeing in this. Uh, yes. The 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 bear overdosed on cocaine and died almost immediately. He did not go on a murderous rampage. So uh, uh, this is some creative liberties that I am very happy to see. Wild. Yeah. It's uh, first of all, the cast that they got is really really good. Besides Carrie Russell and Aaron and Alden Ehrenreich, um, there's a. There's a famous, bless you, there's a famous TikToker um, who's in the trailer, and I'm like, damn, I got that guy. He's really funny. Um, uh, there's uh, the kid from the kid from Sweet Tooth. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. The... oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Um, it's the kind of thing that 
stays with a man his whole life. Uh, I think his name's... It's okay. Bears can't drive, can't climb trees. Of course they can! I think his name's Jesse Ferguson. He's from Modern Family. He's in this trailer, too. He's a, he's a cocaine guy who we definitely see get murdered. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this just looks like a really, really fun time, and it's just hardcore rated R. And they had, they had the song White Lines by Duran Duran, which like so you don't, good. It's the best you use can't, of it. Yeah, it's a song about, it's not like, oh, it's maybe about cocaine. It's about cocaine and how awesome it was in the 80s. Uh, you know, not in 2022, kids. Don't do drugs. And only if you were white. Only Let's if, be honest. Yeah, that's true. But man, um, this just looks like so, so fun. Like a great theatrical experience. And like, yo, man, it's about a cocaine bear. Like, what, it's like, again, snakes on a plane. Like, what do you, don't expect anything more. Then just crazy shit with the bears high, like um, and it's Ray, one of Ray Liotta's last movies too. Um, so like, yeah, I, I'm so pumped for this. There's this one image of this of the movie that tells you really everything you need to know, which is the bear snorting cocaine, snorting it off of a decapitated leg. Oh uh, yeah. Um, let's Brilliant. see what kind of effect it has. Oh yeah, let's let's see what this does to you. Yeah, uh, O'Shea um, Jackson Jr. is in this too. Yeah, it's like. This is another one where, like, I don't expect this to be bad. I expect it to just be a really good time. Because, like, yeah. like, it's not trying to do anything, like, heady. It's just, like, yo, dude, we got to run from this bear. <laughs> like, it seems like a great time. I believe this is coming from Elizabeth Banks as director, which is crazy that she just she's right. doing this. That makes sense. That's so funny. <laughs> I hope she's in the movie. That's great. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. All right. I, I, man, I should have rewritten this because I paired Cocaine Bear with some weird ones. Uh, so The Last of Us. Hey, well, you, you get happy and then you get sad. You get real emotion. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like uh, Craig Mazin, creator of Chernobyl, I think one of the best shows of the last decade, uh, continues to be like, hey, why don't I do something really, really good again? <laughs> um, like as, as a Last of Us fan here, Sparks, um, looks, they're pulling just everything from the game. Like all the characters are there. Um, the thing that I am most most excited about is uh, there's a there's an interview with the, with the creator and he's like, listen, the game exists. We are not doing the game one for one. The big beats will be the same, but there's a lot of small stuff that we changed uh, just so we can have more character stuff. So like, and we see we see like an older couple talking to Joel and Ellie. And like, oh, you want to go west, go east? Like they're not in the game, right? They're not in the game. So they're fleshing out like characters like that. There's an intense character named Bill who is uh, Nick Offerman. He has a whole plot about another character who we never meet in the game who is in this show now. So we're going to get the actual context of their relationship together. Um, and and the use of, of the song, Take On Me. And people are like, why is this in this trailer? It doesn't make sense. Like, Ellie plays that song in the game on guitar. So, like, it has thematic meaning, too. Um, I this this will be the... I think this will be the best video game adaptation of all time. There's... I It, it looks so good and we got our boy pedro the greatest babysitter in television like baby truly i will say truly the show lives or dies on how well they translate the portrayal of joel because the thing is joel is not actually a good person um he's not heroic and you kind of have to i i'm hoping that they're gonna fully go for who joel is in the game that is clear even in the subtext uh, and not make it cleaner Yeah, because it's Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I 100% believe, again, just like with the creative team and how utterly disgustingly depressing Chernobyl is that like he's like, he, he lives, he lives in sadness. So like, I have a feeling like we, we, we briefly see it in here, like you're not family, you're cargo. Right. And like, I, I, I think it's going to be great. And, I, I, I believe that they will do it. I'm, 
all I mean to point out is that if the show has an Achilles heel right now, yeah, it's that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the thing that could bring it down. Yeah, because like the thing about Last of Us is like it is not a, a happy. I mean, obviously it's a sad show like about the, the apocalypse, but like there's no the happiness is in the smaller moments, and then everything else is real, real shitty. And like the ending's real, real shitty. And like it's a real sh- bad things happen to a lot of people. A lot of characters in this trailer are not at the end of the show. So I'm just like. I I I'm so excited. Specifically, I'll highlight like, uh, not too spoilery for people who haven't played the game. Just Joel had a daughter before Ellie, and he did not respect his time with her. Mm. We'll say that much. Uh, and how that affects who he is after that is really prominent and important. I think it's really I think it's really cool that the guy who wrote scary movie three and four and the last two hangover movies has not only made one of the best shows of the decade uh yep. but will make will make what looks like the best video game adaptation ever yeah and and the thing is like again like i don't know i don't know who he it's all about who you know right like how you go from hangover two to chernobyl and like chernobyl was his 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 end game uh passion project since getting into hollywood and i don't know how he got that position but he he did it and he nailed it and like you know, he was in his, his, his like early twenties when he wrote those those shitty movies, and like he's grown up now. And I'm like, that just goes to show, man. Anybody who has like real passion can like can can turn turn a career around if they like to say put something into it. And um, I think I think the other thing I appreciate about the trailer is, and you guys can actually I think attest to this more how you feel about it is to me they're showcasing what's important about the story, what's always been most important about the story, which is the characters and the emotion between them, and the way that their zombies look they're zombies clickers they're clickers yes uh is very good but it's an after it's the afterthought of the trailer like yes they're there they are the special effects thing that makes last of us unique visually mm-hmm. from other properties but they're not what the story's about yeah um like and, I, and dead, the fact yeah. that the trailer isn't trying to pump us up with a whole lot of clicker imagery makes me very happy absolutely yeah i thought this looked really great um i really like the girl who plays ellie Mm-hmm. Right, that's her name. Uh, she also plays Hilda on the. I've mentioned her before on the cartoon series Hilda, and uh, she was on His Dark Materials last season. I really like her, and I'm happy to see that she gets a role like this. Uh, I think she could be. She's gonna be really good in it. Uh, oh, dude, she's mm-hmm. the most badass little queen on the planet. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's one specific scene, and I know you you laughed in it because it's so great. It's it's like she pretends to be a zombie, and like. That's not funny, Ellie. <laughs> that is not a, and she is so funny and sarcastic. And I'm just like, she looks she looks so incredible as Ellie. And like obviously, like Pedro Pascal is 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 the goat. Um, but Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson, who are the main characters from the game, they are in the show in a capacity. They are both characters of the show, which is really, really cool of uh them getting to, you know, continue a legacy of something they're they're a part of. Um yeah, and it's in January. That's like that's next month. I can't believe it. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, all right, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Our world has transformed, but then they awoke. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, this trailer. This I was not. Here's the thing. I was actually really excited about this one. I really like Bumblebee. I really like Bumblebee. I think we all are probably on the same page there. Yes. Um, I. Uh, so, and like I really like Beast Wars. So the idea of seeing the Terracons and the beat and and the um, Maximals uh, in one in, in a movie, very cool. Really into what that. Did they, what did they change it from Predacons to Terracons? 
Mm, that's a good question because they're Terracons in this, but they're, but they're Predacons in the original show. Yeah, because I always knew them as the Predacons. I, you know what? You know what? There's three logos that flip through before we get the Autobot symbol. Maybe one. Maybe they're two different things. Maybe we're getting Terracons and Predacons. Yeah, because two separate we, things. Yeah, because we got. Um, I, I'm assuming the Terracon one because we get the tra- Autobots, Maximal, and then I was hoping the Predacons, but I, either way, um. Right. This article says that the Predacons and the Terracons are both in this movie. Okay, there you go. So maybe no. maybe there's some differentiation that we don't know or they're doing specific for this movie. Wait, are the Terracons the bug ones? Because no, they could the, be the bug ones. I thought they were the Insecticons. Oh, are they are is it that is it as dumb as I, Insecticon? I, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. We're getting a little off track here, but at any rate. Yeah. Anyway, I, let me just finish what I was going to say because because I was disappointed in this trailer. Um, all in all, I think that this trailer is fine. Um, it looks bland cinematically in a way that none of the Transformers films ever have, even the Bay ones, because Michael Bay, you know, he's got a great sense of style. Um, I think that Optimus looks worse than he did last time we saw him, which was in Bumblebee, which he looked perfect perfect a perfect pitch perfect optimus prime couldn't get better they made him worse how, how'd you do that um i think it's fine it's fine like i don't mean to be so harsh on it because I, I i i liked what i was seeing i kind of like the designs of the of the maximals that we see all in all i was just kind of mm, it's all right it's all right i uh definitely don't feel as as not harshly but i don't feel that way because this was a teaser so it's kind of just showing us what they all look like so like um visually i'm not going to disagree with you but i think everything looks great like nothing looks bad um but it definitely there's only one michael bay in the world so regardless of how how good those movies are uh uh visually i don't uh, i don't think bumblebee looks as good it looks good but it's not i don't think it's as visually appealing so uh, I will agree with you on that, but like, it's hard for me to really judge this because it's just a teaser. And it's like, oh yeah, those are the those are the robots that I'm going to see. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, Mir- Mirage, real quickly, uh, before I let Ben just go, um, it's interesting that they decided that Mirage will be the companion Transformer and not Bumblebee. I thought that was a good change. I'm happy to see that. Uh, you know, we don't we've had Bumblebee in enough movies being friends with enough people we now we get uh mirage in there that was a good idea that was a good choice yeah, yeah. um i guess i liked this trailer um I'm just you know seeing optimus primal Cheetor. i thought that was really cool rhinox um rhinox, <laughs> yeah i love seeing rhinox um honestly actually brandon i have i actually disagree with you on prime i thought prime's design was great uh, I, to, he's to, too he's too thin where does where does where does meat go he looks I, I like he's pulling over the toothpick i may have to see that part but I, I was pretty much focusing from like you know the windshields up like i saw the autobot insignia on his shoulder i was like that look that looks a lot like generation one prime to me um but other than that yeah this, this i think this trailer is good it's actually got me really interested into seeing rise of the beast because i thought i had a really bad transformers fatigue for a while but seeing the designs of these transformers like seeing rc look like she does from the animated show more or less is like i actually have some faith in this and oh rc looks so good oh man rc looks rc looks great i will say the main thing overall is that i'm just happy that the designs are more appealing to me than they have been pre bumblebee Mm -hmm. um but bumblebee you know we only get what amount of look we get at certain characters and stuff and i'm glad to see that like the designs are better here i like them better here 
Gale. Compared to Mumblebee, who can say, but like, yeah, yeah. Certainly, this is the direction I prefer over the, the Bayformers. Um, oh, yeah. No, I'm not disagreeing with that. And I, and I'm, I'm mostly just hoping that they can nail it so that we can live in this reboot change world of Transformers. I don't want to do the Michael Bay stuff ever again. So I'm hoping yeah. we're on a whole new trajectory. This before, is directed. Oh, good. Well, before we answer Gail's comment, I just want to say that uh, I, I, you know what's going to be really funny is if we continue to live in this weird sequel reboot, a prequel reboot area that Bumblebee lived in, um, where they can't use Megatron because he's still in ice on Earth. Um, and, and I guess they have an out in this one because they could use the the the, the Predacon uh, Megatron. True. Yeah. Um, but still, it'd be very funny. If they're like, yeah, Megatron's still in ice. They, they've been out there pretty much saying this is a hard reboot. So yeah. like whatever comes after can be different and we're not playing to the Michael Bay stuff anymore. Yeah. Uh, you guys saw the United Creed 2. I like that movie. Yeah. I I really I really I was really excited about this. I know I'm a little harsh on the trailer, but I do I did like what I was seeing. It's just I didn't like it a lot and I was hoping to I don't like think it's it a, a lot. I don't think it's a great trailer. I don't think it it I don't think it's doing a good job of selling a it, let's just say new audience on a Transformers movie now. Yeah. Like, you're not trying to get back necessarily everybody. And if you are, like, you still need to, like, this is in a way reintroducing the Transformers. Like, Bumblebee existing and being what came before this regardless. Like, this is getting you back into Transformers. I don't think the trailer does a good job of doing that. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Because, like, when I watched it with Megan, Megan couldn't tell on site that this had nothing to do with the other Transformers films. Yeah. That this wasn't just another one of them. And I get that. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, uh, Gail, we are all roughly in our 30s. Yeah, we're 30s. We're in our early 30s. 90s. Early, yeah, early 30s. Early ben, 30s. He's 45. My oh, Ben, you don't look a day over 50. My, my. <laughs> all right. Um, there was one more thing I wanted to say about Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which was completely forgotten. Oh, well, hope it's good. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> yep, we're all gonna cry. Man, this is gonna cry. Drax is gonna cry. Peter's definitely crying. Peter's definitely crying. Rocket's gonna cry. Yeah. And then I'm gonna cry. Yeah, yeah. Rocket's it, gonna die. Yeah. I don't think so. Here's the thing. This is very much a James Gunn thing of like, this trailer is so focused on thinking Rocket's gonna die. I don't think it's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's gonna probably be Drax. Yeah, me too. Almost, I'm almost a thousand percent. Yeah, at, specifically after this trailer, I don't think uh, well, James Gunn is a guy who likes to kill characters. Like he he does that in every, almost all his movies. But like, uh, I don't think he would take the easy route because like everyone would assume Rocket would be the one to go. Um, especially with the, the whole story being about him and stuff. Um, so I think it is going to be. I think it's going to be. Uh, it's gonna be really sad. I think actually the ending might be happier than we're all expecting it. Yes. Oh, I think so too. Yeah. I think I, I think he's not gonna leave us on a down note. Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, I really like seeing Lila in this trailer. Love the little otter girl. Um, I'm happy to I'm happy to see them bring that back. Kind of coming full circle from the first Guardians, where she, uh, she's just an Easter egg. Mm -hmm. uh, I that shot where it's just zooming in on on small rocket and then fades to big rocket. James Gunn has said it before. I've said it before. Rocket is both of our favorite characters. I, I'm, I am so ready for the journey 
and heartache we're going to get for this movie. I, I, no, none of the Guardians films are bad. They're all great. Bring it, bring it on. Mm-hmm. I like their outfits. We saw kind of the, the the set photos, but their outfits are very reminiscent of the original Guardians uh, run. Um, like yeah, that. the Abbott Atlanta I, run. Yeah, I will yeah. say like this. Is, James Gunn like wanted to clarify some timeline stuff, which is great because he's great at doing this kind of thing. And he came out there and he was like, "Yeah, this is a long time after the last time we saw them in Thor: Love and Thunder, and that the Guardians were only with Thor for a few weeks." And I'm like, "Okay, I mean, but it had to be a little bit more than a few weeks, unless we're saying that Thor's metabolism is special uh, <laughs> and that we were able to work off all that. Like, let's not sure, be let's true. not be too fat phobic with it. Like, it, yeah. it takes time. Yeah. So um, he is a god, though. He is a god, though. Then yeah. why? How did he gain it in the first yeah. place? But." You know, I appreciate that we had to do the work montage where he had to burn it off. He should actually have to, you know, put the work in. How, how how many how how many how many months? I mean, for Thor, still calculating that as Thor, but saying like something reasonable, it has to be like Six. at least I was gonna say at least eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. The thing that I'm really excited about is uh, one of my favorite stupid uh, Marvel comic things is Counter Earth. And they land on a planet that looks like Earth, but it's inhabited all by animal people. It's because a high evolutionary, the creator of Counter-Earth, experiments on people. He's a big, big fan and friend of Nathaniel Essex, Mr. Sinister. They both love experimenting on people, but obviously this isn't an X-Men thing. But the high evolutionary, interesting character to pick because he... (laughs) Bless you. So sorry. I have not read every single Guardians of the Galaxy comic, but uh, a high evolutionary is mainly an everyone else villain. He's a Fantastic Four villain. He's a he's a uh, Iron Man villain. Uh, he's a, a a big Avengers villain. Um, so him like doing fun cosmic stuff is is really cool. Yeah. Um, and like it makes sense by like, in, in uh, uh, combining the high evolutionaries thing of like making people the best versions of themselves, whether they want it or not, which is what happens obviously with Rocket. Um, is is gonna be really sad and like really, <laughs> really depressing. Um, but the guy from uh, Peacemaker. Uh, uh, he he's high evolutionary, so I'm like, God, man, this is gonna be awesome. He's gonna make another like Shit. shitty villain who's like kind of cool, like high evolutionary is yeah. fine or whatever. He's the reason that uh, Wanda and Pietro are no longer mutants because he's the one who experimented on them. Uh, so uh, hey, Mar- Marvel Comics, don't do that. I forgot about that. Yep. Uh, we get a look at Adam Warlock. Yeah, looks great. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, we do. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the abel the the abelisk. Who is the monster? I know there's a lot going on here. The the yeah. Atlas from Guardians Two, the big monster from the beginning, is also back in this. That is a creature from the Cancerverse, uh, and if Adam Warlock is involved, uh, and we see them in spacesuits traveling on weird shit, that definitely looks like the Cancerverse, which is like which is a universe where people don't die. Um, so I'm curious if that'll just be a part in space, or they're actually going to another dimension. I'm probably gonna guess not, um, but like who knows? Yeah. Uh, Hyvolutionary is such an interesting character to choose for your final Guardians movie. Um, well, it's because of his connection to Rocket, which I guess makes sense. Uh, like well, Mag that's also, not how it is in the comic, though. Well, Mag has a comment here. Um, yes. One time a Spider-Man villain in the, in the cartoon Spider-Man Unlimited. Um, yeah. yeah, because that show took place on Counter-Earth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I will also say, like, uh, I, I was not on the holiday special discussion. Uh, I like the new ship. I like uh, yeah. that we're seeing more of the fact that they they own and run nowhere now. The Bowie. Um, did you guys talk about the fact that we know the collector is alive now? Yes. Yeah, yeah we did. I haven't listened to you guys discuss it yet, so I just want to be sure. Um, I got you. 
but I like it. I like the I like the new look, the the, the setup. I kind of hope we get some some. We know Nova's coming. I hope we get some base touch about like who survived from from Nova. We know Thanos wrecked it. Yeah. Uh, God, like I... what? What is the Nova Core right now? If it if there even is one? Well, man, because the Guardians are so in the MCU tied to it with where where they've taken. Here's the all thing that up. you're mentioning that yeah. that, that is incredible because I didn't even consider this. Uh, they're wearing their Annihilation like the original Guardians of the Galaxy have their landing like outfits, uh, and Nova's a big part of that. Nova is the only surviving member of the Core, so he has all of the world mind and all of their powers inside his helmet. He's the last, and he makes him like a super powerful being. So there is this is the perfect way to introduce Nova if you want to. Uh because like if it's not in a Guardians of the Galaxy movie, like I don't know where else he could show up in the Avengers movie, but it's not as it's not as uh, we've heard uh, rumors of a Sam Alexander show, not a Richard oh, Ryder show. Pretty... Interesting, right? But I mean like we know we know like regardless of nothing is official about what they're doing with Nova, yeah. except that we do know that Nova's on the board yeah. of what they want to introduce. Mm -hmm. And I'm just It'd be cool if we got some indication of like what the Guardians know about what did happen to what's left of Nova. Yeah, um, something I, to point out in the direction. Yeah, yeah. I really hope this. I really like Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. We've talked about it before, but some of the, one of the things that really hurts that film is is the setup for future. It's the setup for Thunderbolts, um, yeah. and I really hope that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three and like. No reason to believe this because normally the uh, cosmic side of the MCU is very separate from the rest of the MCU um, because of just where it is. Um, I hope that they let this be the last Guardians movie. Not the last Guardians movie, but like James Gunn's final say on the Guardians. This is his final say in the MCU. Let's just make this solely a Guardians movie. And let's not bring in any of the extemporaneous stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think they will. I think they're going to let the Guardians be a Guardians movie just as much as the previous two were. Yeah. Um I definitely have a feeling that uh th well this will be the last Guardians thing for this for these next phases. Like I don't uh, like you know after Secret Wars, uh because like the Marvel the Marvel train will continue. I do think there will be another Guardians movie with like a brand new cast and like Adam Warlock. I one hundred percent believe that we will get another Guardians movie. Uh yeah, just uh, it will be a very different cast of characters. Oh yeah, yeah. And like I have a like it won't be Guardians 4, it'll be Guardians colon movie title. Uh yeah. and I'll just be it'll be a new director. Um, which I'll be fine with because enough years will pass then where I'm like, okay, I'll take another Guardians with a different twist. Um, just like a comic book run. So uh man, he gets to make a beautiful Guardians trilogy, and then he gets to go work at DC and make all those good movies, and I'm like, James Gunn's the best. Good for, good for that guy. Yeah, good for James Gunn. I'm really happy for him, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Gail says, did we like the Star Wars prequels? I did. You guys know? Right? I, I was a uh, kid. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only one I was not super hot on was Attack of the Clones. Like, Phantom Menace, I loved Attack of the Clones, and eh, uh, Revenge of the Sith, loved Look, look, I'm not going to try and, like, uh, hindsight it. Yeah. I liked episode two when I saw it in theaters because I was a child and yeah. I didn't know any better. And yeah. Yoda did cool stuff with a lightsaber against yeah, yeah. Saruman. So I thought it was great. <laughs> true. Okay? Like, I was a kid. I was 10 years old. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm an adult, and now I know better. Yeah. <laughs> true. That's very true. I did and continue to love the prequels. With a uh, with maybe an asterisk on episode two, with an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, uh huh. I I still enjoy the prequels to this day. Yeah, I'm glad. I enjoy uh, Revenge of the Sith. I genuinely do. 
I like Phantom Menace and I tolerate Attack of the Clones. <laughs> I think that's a good sure. way of putting it. All right. Final trailer. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Jesus, there's a lot of trailers. I forgot Antonio Banderas was in this movie till this trailer. Yeah, me too. And I was like, oh man, this is gonna be so good. Um, I'm really excited about it. I like this a lot. It's a shame that they can't, uh, you know, have any lines where he's saying like, oh, I'm too old for this or damn, I thought that was closer or anything like that because that happened uh, over 10 years ago. Um, so they can't do any of that kind of dialogue now. And that's, what a bummer, guys. No, it's it's much better than they can. Um, I'm really optimistic about it. Uh, I think he's young 30% of the movie. Maybe more. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of footage in this trailer that's in the past. Mm-hmm. It, and it's, it's an entire story of like, like, something in his past coming back around 50 years later or whatever. So like, I'm just saying I wasn't too far off when I suggested that they were probably doing a large chunk of this movie with a de-aged Harrison Ford. Yeah. I just want to say it looks very good. Um, I thought, I thought the CG to make Harrison Ford look that young. Like frankly, when I'm watching it on my phone, must preface watching this on my phone, I thought for a second, Oh, they just used footage from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Cool, that was on my phone. Then I watched yeah. it on the on the t- on the TV. It still looks very good, um, uh, and I think it's probably some of the most convincing we've seen so far, uh, yeah. at least as far as the trailer shots go. Um, I love the fact that we're getting World War II flashbacks because it's really kind of a shame to me, maybe only to me, that we don't have any World War II set indie movies because um, that's just not. They stopped making movies after that. Um, and then we skipped to the Cold War and came with Crystal Skulls, whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sure. I love Indiana Jones, guys. <laughs> like, I think he is a perfect character. I have been obsessed with that character for my whole life. I adore him. I never have to talk about him, though, because this last movie was Kingdom of the Crystal Skull ages ago. And mm-hmm. I just, whatever. I can do whatever. I... When we did our Mike's Mike's Impossible Movie Trivia Challenge for Raiders of the Lost Ark, like man, watching that first watching that first movie again, that movie is gorgeous. Mangold has recaptured, I think Spielberg's um, uh, uh, Spielberg said to Mangold, "Always be moving." When making an Indiana Jones movie, always be moving, and that that I can see that in the trailer. The camera is always moving. Every shot in this trailer is not static; it is moving. Um, I think I think Mangold has nailed the style of Indiana Jones. There's a punch. We get to see he punches a Nazi. Hallelujah. Sounds just like the old punches. The the, the crazy sound effect. Mm-hmm. Happy to see happy to see Salah back. Yeah. A Welsh playing an Egyptian. Whatever. I'm happy to see him back. <laughs> um I'm man, you guys, you are not prepared for the person I will become when this movie gets closer. <laughs> I have known Brandon for a very long time, literally half of his life. And I can tell you all that he's correct. <laughs> you're not prepared for who he's going to be because I was there when <laughs> you were Crystal Skull came out. <laughs> you were we were friends back then. <laughs> Part time. I was I was not okay. That movie, oh man. The lead up to that movie, I was I was I was a different person back then. Knowledge is their power. Uh I'm Shia LaBeouf is not in this movie because he's crazy. So he got labeefed. 
He's in jail. <laughs> oh, it's too late for that joke. Yeah, yeah. The aliens got him. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll see Marion in this movie. Like, they're yeah, not going to. There will be some passing reference. Maybe they'll show a photo of him. I bet a photo. 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah, just yeah, like, he's, he's just like Sean Connery. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm um, really stoked. Phoebe, Phoebe Bridges. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Uh, uh, so happy that she she's here. She is such a delight. Um, and the fact that uh, that she's like, she's like the new, like the new, not, she's not Indiana Jones, she's like the second Indiana Jones, like in this movie. I'm like, hell yeah. That's awesome. Goddaughter. I, I, yeah, she's my goddaughter. And she's <laughs> like, God. And Mangold is talking about like how like people, because people, there's been lots of rumors from YouTube channels like Doomcock. Um, who are saying, like, I think we just got a flag for that. Um, <laughs> talking about, like, um, oh, India is passing the, the fedora to Fever Waller Bridges and Mangles. Like, no, there is no other Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is Harrison Ford. This is his last movie. This is about Indiana Jones being Indiana Jones. There's no passing That's of the thing. torch. Because yeah. they did that in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. They almost, they, they faked us out when, when mm-hmm. Mutt takes the hat and then he takes the hat back. Like, no, there's only one Indiana Jones, guys. It's Harrison Ford. Oh, I, was a, I was really happy a minute ago when I didn't remember that his name was Mutt. <laughs> Mutt Williams? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we said earlier, Brandon, about like, it, like these shots, they, they look and feel very Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Uh, specifically, like like the, like the, the, the racing scene in New York that we see. Um, the way the camera is just like flowing, it's like, oh, man, yeah. that looks, looks some good shit. Um, there's some really spotty CGI in a couple places in this, but that's because this movie's not coming out for a while, so like that yeah. doesn't bother me. But like, it is noticeable, and I'm like, man, the de aging looks great, but Harrison Ford on a horse looks like shit. What are we doing here? Uh, but oh, yeah, that Harrison like, Ford on a horse, that 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 horse shot looks awful. Yeah, there's also there's <laughs> also one where like it's a far shot where you see him on the train like he's in the distance, but he's standing on top of the train, and his head is like his head's a, like his his head is like a third bigger than it's supposed to be. Uh, um, that, that they'll definitely fix that over time. But yeah, I'm like, yeah. included that shot when you have the beautiful shot right before it. That's weird. I'm excited for Nazi Mads Mikkelsen. God, and that is such a cool idea that like he's a villain of the past. So like I I'm going to just assume that he's not in the main the 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 the, the present part of the movie. I think that's a cool idea that like there's this villain that he's dealt with in the past and something is coming to haunt him or whatever. Yeah, because like, it's about awesome. cuz it's about how the Nazis infiltrated NASA essentially. Like this is this is this is Hydra infiltrating Shield. Yeah, like it's Operation Paperclip, which is a real thing that happened. Oh, uh Mads yeah. Mikkelsen is playing a version of Werner von Braun who is the father of rocket science. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a rocket. He's created rocket's for NASA, for NASA, for the Nazis, and then out, and then they lost the war. And Operation Paperclip brought a bunch of people, as you guys saw in Captain America's uh, first adventure. Uh, but it's a real thing that actually happened. Uh, so like the fact that they're doing like we're bringing in real world shit as they always do in these movies. Like I don't believe in magic. I'm like, Hell and they're <laughs> they're gonna have uh, I think Boyd Holbrook and Antonio Banderas will be like our present day present bad guys bad guys. Mm. So, oh, yeah. Uh, it is just nice. It is nice to have another Indiana Jones where, like, it looks really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People, people did get upset online about the uh, the I don't believe in magic kind of thing. Kind of understandable when you when a cup fixed your dad's bullet hole, bullet wound. Um, so, like, you know, I kind of understand where people are coming from, but I, it's still very in tune with Indiana Jones. Like, he would, of course, he would keep denying it for all because he's supposed to be like the scientist like he's an archaeologist who looks for the truth and everything and even though he saw like he 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 opened his eyes and a hundred people's faces were burnt, burnt melted off yeah yeah um, no, that's, mm-hmm. that's definitely real that's they all they all walked away 
Yeah, all, they all walked away. <laughs> all, all I'll say after that is that, you know, Boyd Holbrook doesn't know what he's up against because Indy survived an atomic blast inside of a refrigerator. So it's true. <laughs> they ain't going to be able to pull shit on him. Part time. Um, um, yeah. Man, you guys, I'm so excited for this movie. Yeah, and James Mangold has made nothing but but really good movies. So like, damn, yeah, this one's going to be a hit. Oh, yeah. I w- I'm look, I really I'm really like I'm so glad to be in a place where I'm excited about Indiana Jones 5, especially like after 4 like, you know, coming in trepidatious and not Spielberg, it's not it's not Lucas, probably the best idea at this point. Um like I'm so I'm so ready. I'm so ready to be back into Indiana Jones's world. Oh yeah, don't forget that there's a new Lucas Arts Indiana J- J- Jones game, game coming, coming out next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for that too. Do you guys think that Crystal Skull is the biggest misstep of Spielberg and Lucas's careers? Biggest? No, because no, because Spielberg directed a movie called like 1984. That was his biggest commercial flop, and he almost stopped directing because after it. Mm, Okay, but no, but in terms of bigness, like creative, creative misstep. Yeah, 100. percent It would be keeping up with this. Yes, 100. percent Well, it wasn't 1984 because that was someone else. You sure? Uh, Yeah, that's the George Orwell book with John Hurt. No, but there's a movie called. Hold on, let me see. I don't know if. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think creatively speaking, probably like it. It definitely does feel like Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was kind of like, let's do one without a solid idea of what to do. Yeah, like they they, it's weird because like it was pre the revival era. Yeah. Uh, and it kind of came about unwarranted. It seems in almost yeah. every capacity. Um, yeah. Sorry, it's not called 1984, it's called 1941. There you go. 1941 mm-hmm. is a, is a, uh, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, it, it, that's yeah. apparently a really, really bad movie. Yeah. Ben, have you said anything about Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? No, not yet. I'm just gonna say I'm super excited for it. I right. did watch, I watched this trailer quite a few times myself as well, because I miss those old classic adventure films. I miss them. I miss the I'm... thrill that Raiders and Last Crusade gave me when I was a kid when I watched them on my now very outdated full screen DVD set, which I need to replace. Not, Not because Temple I lost it, but because ben. I need to get that shit in 4K. Ben, I got you. What about Temple of Doom? You didn't see Temple of Doom? No, I did. I just didn't like Temple of Doom all that much. Raiders and, T- and um, Last Crusade are my favorite movies. I get you. Last Crusade is my favorite, like personally. I know that's like. You know, people don't like that one, but I really like that one. I mean, I do need to rewatch Temple of Doom. It's been a very long time since I've seen it, so I might. I probably grew We're out of. I get people who don't. I get people who don't like Temple of Doom. He's not alone. What I'm what I'm saying is, I only seen Temple of Doom the one time when I watched it after I bought my set, and I haven't seen it since. So I'm due for a rewatch, and I'm thinking my taste and. As you guys know, my taste in movies have changed over the years, so I'll probably watch it again. It's like, hey, this is actually pretty damn good. Also, he's got the con- well, he's got the context of the of the fact that a lot of people didn't realize that Temple of Doom is a prequel. Exactly. Very I important. thought it was a sequel. Yeah. yeah. The more you know. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 you know Jones guys. I'm excited. Dial of Destiny. Good time. Yeah. Um. Cool. That's everything. Yeah, that's a great comment. That's a great Look comment. Uh, Armidopus, Armidopus, sixteen. Comment. Temple of Doom is my favorite in the comics, of course. Temple of Doom. Uh, I'm to go over and call him Mob Ben right out of the seat. God, <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, uh, minecart. Oh, it's like some of it's practical. Oh my god, give me a break. Yeah, that's... 
yeah. Erasure. At least I've seen the movie, unlike other films I haven't seen. That's a, you know what, Ben? I'll give you that. That's true. I'll give you that. That is that is true. Mag, you're backing out early. Good night, sir. Good night, my friend. Thanks for sticking around. Good night, Mag. Uh, all right. Shall we do our main topic, then? Okay, so we're talking about 2009's Avatar, the highest grossing film of all time to this day. At the time, briefly, not when Endgame had it for two weeks and then they re-released right, it in China. And then Cameron was like, I just can't let that stand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I Cameron, will not have this. Cameron releases this like thing about like Country Grass Marvel, you did it, and it says, nah, F it, I want my title back. Well, it does it again. <laughs> Because what happened is they did it to Titanic, and he's like, all right, good job. And then they did it to Avatar, and he's like, okay, okay, let's stop it. (laughs) But but no. (laughs) And now Disney owns both of them. Good for you. Good for you, Walt. All right, so so look, you know, I guess full spoilers for this movie that everyone saw in 2009. Literally everyone saw it because it made $2 billion. Um, Not true. Who hadn't seen it on this podcast? My fiance and her sister have not seen it. Oh yeah, they. So were... I watched it with them for the first time yeah. this week, and they they, oh. and I'm glad because they liked it. But going into it, they're like, it's just Pocahontas in space. I don't want to watch it. Uh, and they're not totally wrong, no. but it is a better movie than that, I think. So, so we're we're going back to Pandora in response because Avatar: The Way of Water is finally coming out. So we are going to be talking about the first Avatar film today for your listening and viewing pleasure. What do we think about 2009's Avatar? I think it's a pretty good movie. Rewatching yeah. it, uh, rewatching it, the thing that stands out still is just how 13 years later it's still like one of the best looking movies ever made. And it, it is definitely, it's aged, but it's still like the best, the best CGI of 2009. And for there are movies that come out today that don't look as good as Avatar. And then we immediately watched the trailer for Way of Water after Avatar, and it is a significant upgrade to an already good-looking movie. Um, I think the story's fine. I think it's pretty good. I think the characters are, are mostly fine, pretty good. Um, it is it is the world of Pandora itself that that is that enraptures me. Um, if it didn't look as good, I wouldn't care as much. I, 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 I'm telling you that right now. Like I, uh, uh, It is the world itself that is the winner of this movie. Jake Sully is a totally fine protagonist. He's totally fine. It is, it is definitely the world that also enraptures me as well because i have to agree the story is decent it's not a bad story i i enjoyed it i was picking up a lot of different cues now because i haven't seen this movie since theaters and i saw that movie twice in theaters and as i'm rewatching, i was like ah that kind of okay but once again 13 plus years later it still looks stunning i mean there i could only I wasn't like trying to find hiccups here and there, but there was like a few times where I'm like, okay, I could see how the CGI has aged a little bit, but at the exact same time, this movie is still freaking amazing. Like I love the, the first time they go into the hallelujah mountains. Like the seeing those hallelujah mountains is like, that is freaking cool. That is amazing. And the only time I was like looking at those damn things was when I went to animal kingdom a few years ago when Pandora just opened, I could see them in the distance. Like how the F are they keeping them? Those things up there. That is freaking cool. I, I yeah. I, yeah. How are they doing that? Cause that's really cool. I've never been there, but I've seen enough videos and pictures. I'm like, damn, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Once you see it in person, you're just kind of like, Oh, I get it. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's still impressive. It is still impressive. It's very impressive. It is still impressive. Don't get me wrong. It is. It is damn impressive. But other, you're, Ryan is absolutely right. The the world and the the planet itself is what makes you want to stay. And the whole time watching this, and the the nighttime scenes are my favorite scenes in this movie, just because of what the color does, what be what how the the particle effects, just everything about what the world of Pandora looks like, and just even the such diverse the biodiversity every creature every monster and we see i'm like that is so freaking cool i when I, I remember when i first saw this movie i walked out of my dad's like i want to fly a banshee i want a sky dragon and i'm watching this again i'm like i really 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 really, really want a dragon i want to fly a dragon so goddamn bad did he, do you guys did you guys laugh when there's like a deer looking creature who sits up and it's like Bleh! <laughs> I that guy, yeah. it's like it like bends its, its lips it's like out. yeah yeah it's got it's got weird lips and I and I definitely got it I got you sparks um yeah I mean I I'm essentially saying the same thing as these other gentlemen but uh it it's all about the visual spectacle and impressiveness of the world uh that is what Avatar hangs its hat on it's not a, you know well richly developed characters or or strong story, those are not the things that like Avatar because it's visually impressive um, and has a well thought out world uh, that you want to you want to spend time in, um, and that holds up. That just that still holds up to today, and that does make it you know a treat to enjoy. Yeah, I um, sorry Ben, your trickling was making uh, sparks no. uh, dim away. Oh, he muted himself then said something again. Um, right. <laughs> I, I have not seen this movie since theaters and I, I remember really liking it. And I've always kind of like, like I've always kind of known I, like, I liked it, whether or not the narrative of like whatever narrative seeped into my brain just from being in the zeitgeist for so long of this movie is. I always knew that I, I liked it when I first saw it. Just haven't rewatched it. I watched the version I watched. So I've got. I got I I bought this Blu-ray ages ago, um, and it was it's got the the theatrical edition, the special edition re-release, which with eight minutes of uh, bonus feature, uh, eight minutes of new footage, and then there's the collector's edition extended cut with sixteen minutes of. I watched that one. Might have been a mistake because I don't remember what the differences were because it's, it's been already so long, almost three hours long. <laughs> yeah, it's it's two fifty eight with the sixteen minutes, and I'm like. Hey, this is pretty good. I don't know what's different though. <laughs> like, I just, yeah. I, I probably shouldn't have done this. Um, I just always had it in my mind that I want to do it. I really, I really dig it. It's, it's the kind of sincerity blockbuster, this kind of sincere blockbuster that we don't really get anymore. You know, this is just one man doing something really insane, uh, putting a ton of money into a just a, 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 a vanity project, frankly. Um, and we don't really see that anymore. And it's, and I mean, sincere because like, Cameron so desperately wishes he could be Jake Sully. Like it, 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 Jake Sully is wish fulfillment for him. He wants to save the planet the same way Jake Sully saves Pandora. Like he he's an environmentalist uh, through and through, and he's and he's and it comes through in every in every aspect of the movie. The movie is very heavy handed because of it, but it's coming from a place of such deep admiration for our own world um, that you know it's hard to fault it, frankly. Like it's 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 a it's a good time. I like it. I still like it. I still like it. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I think 
for being a long movie, I think it's really well paced too. Um, mm. Like there are nice, like there are nice, like uh, like act structures. Uh, uh, like uh, it's like a nice three act structure. Sorry, I was trying to say. Um, yeah, I rewatching it. Um, like it's been a while, but like it's very predictable. Like you, you, you know he's gonna give the tribe, and then he's gonna have to leave the tribe because because they get found out, and he has to go save the tribe. Like it's. It's it's really good. I don't have. I honestly, if I'm being honest, I don't have a lot to say other besides the visuals. I I'm. I think it's. Uh, I think Jake is fine, and and it is very much a white savior movie. Um, but for aliens. Um, so like, it's it's. Uh, uh someone else. Talk. So so credit where credits due. Like when people make the 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 comp to Pocahontas, um, and that Jake Sully would be in the John Smith role. There's a big difference between the two because what happens is that John Smith kind of comes in and is mediating slash kind of trying to bend Pocahontas to seeing like, yeah, but the changes we want to bring can be good. Mm -hmm. Jake is being integrated completely into not only their culture and their way of life, but into a completely different way of thinking about his connection to others and the world. Mm -hmm. And because that becomes an entirely different part of his being, he is truly reborn um, to his own eyes uh, because he has connected to what is a biological system that is deeply entrenched in connecting all the things that live on the planet so he has become part of that he is different uh and i think that the movie's credit is like putting him in that position where like he becomes one of them because he absolutely does all the things it's not it's not an act you know he believes that he believes everything Yahweh, Um, yahweh he becomes one of them truly uh, and I think that, again, to the movie's credit, like they set up a, Megan was anticipating it, they set up a uh, Cocoam scenario with Sute, uh, which is uh, Laz Alonzo from The Boys, as you pointed out to me, M.M. Mother's Milk um, plays Sute, uh, which you can really oh, yeah. see now that I said it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they set up like a Cocoam thing, so you're kind of anticipating the like, the, the for that to break bad um but it really doesn't it doesn't go that way it it goes into like he's distrusting of jake and he blames jake but he's also recognizing when jake shows that he is truly one of them and, when he, you know, when like, he becomes it, his brother it yeah. goes it goes it's an own, own other way with it i'm honestly really sad that Sute dies in this yeah. movie um especially now knowing it's laz alonzo that makes me really sad yeah, yeah. um goes out like a champ what i think so I think that that really helps the film to have something a little deeper to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, like so much of the script, especially especially with Stephen Lang's character, is like archetype city fairy tale level, like military bad man. Like I, you can't you can't make him more prototype military Um, bad man like he's he's the absolute peak maximum of what that can be and it is it is like it's to get the point of the story across and so it almost feels like there's a part of me that almost wishes this was like a fantastical tale they were telling to the kids like later down the road and that's the interpretation of the story to make him so cartoonishly evil is because like that was the perspective rather than like this is literally the person he was because it's just so farcical to an extent Yeah, yeah uh that that it's hard to i get what they're doing and again like if you put it into that like fairy tale fantasy space i think it i think it plays better for mm-hmm. the broad strokes of of the character archetypes that they're creating yeah 
what when I was in um I was taking a script writing class when I was at Mount Sac. This was years ago, and many many times, and this was like two or three years after Avatar came out in 2000 uh, it was so i was there like 2011 2012 my professor would constantly make jokes saying do not write dialogue like this unless your name is james cameron he said he played that joke so many times because he would tell us about ways to write dialogue and to write character and he's like once again don't do this unless your name is james cameron because if you're james cameron you make a billion dollars just look at avatar he would point to that movie every single time as and as i'm watching this movie those words ring true in my head because, like, yeah, that character, the um, the colonel, it was just so comically, like, just like so comically archetypal. There's so many different art. There's so many archetypes up the wazoo. Like, yikes, uh, Arlie, that's, that's some writing, all right. Yeah, Arlie Ermy, who's like the most famous military guy. Like, he's the guy who talks like this in all the movies, and like he's in Full Metal Jacket. Like, he is, he is the he is the archetype for a military guy that everyone else tries to replicate and does not and doesn't do as well because there's only one arlie ermy um there are so many types of these military guys in so many other movies but again like to to brandon to your to like to like to agree with you about like in other in another movie this would be a, an atrocious script but the way james cannon is able to to i don't know make it make it almost like it is like almost like a, like a fantasy movie right it's like 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 a fairy tale type movie um he is like the big bad villain who says like some really dumb shit but like I, I vibe with it. I think like it makes you know who your enemy is from the get go. So it's like it's not like oh could it be these other people? It's like no, we know he's a bad guy. And sometimes that's okay in a movie. You know, it doesn't have to be like oh morally great. No, he just wants to murder all the Avatar people. Um, and for a movie like this that's trying to be more straightforward, uh, uh, it, I think it does work. But it is extremely heavy handed. So I want, there's a couple of places that I want to bounce around to real quickly um, with the. Um... I'll do this. I'll do this. So Gail's talking a bit about about some of the inspirations for this film. Um, you know, uh, there's this great uh, there's this great discussion between George Lucas and James Cameron where they talk about how Star Wars and Avatar kind of come from the same place politically. Um, great stuff. I think you should. I think people should watch that. There's a line that I really like in this movie that I I never noticed. Boy, I hope it's not in the extended cut because again, I don't know what's different. We'll tell you <laughs> when uh, Sam Worthington says. Um, you know, they they find something they want from you, and then they and then they uh, antagonize you until you become the aggressor, uh, and then you have to, and then and then they make it like this kind of holy war to wipe you out. Um, I'm paraphrasing like crazy, but this is the, this is a line after he's discovered by Stephen Lang and, and Sigourney Weaver, and he are kind of like detoxing about being taken away, uh, basically being arrested before they're arrested. Um, I really like that line and, and like it goes back to like the heavy handedness of this of this story but also like you know Sparks said a little while ago like this is this feels like the one for them avatar and avatar way of water feels like the one for me avatar mm -hmm. at least that's what kind of what we're getting um that feels like the kind of heavy handedness that like the studio mandated or studio wanted to see because Cameron maybe wanted to try something else but like the studio was like no make this you got to make this clear to people. If you want to do this, you got to make this clear. I'm only speculating. I'm sure I'm only yeah. half right, even if, if I'm even if that. So, uh, just to 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 go off of that, I don't think so because uh, James Cameron has has kind of almost always had creative freedom for at least the last twenty years of his career after since like sure. Terminator Two. So like I I don't think that's it. I think he just. I mean, not to be mean, like 
all of his movies are pretty are like this and that's not a bad thing like titanic it's 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 very much like like all the emotions are on the surface level and stuff like it is a very like like heart-wrenching movie on the surface um oh, the surface actually it's underwater I uh, see we both said it at the same time <laughs> so um <laughs> so like the the like again like i don't mind that the, the, the script is 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 totally fine it's I just really appreciate how fleshed out the world is. Uh, uh, sure. I'm so, anytime we're with the, the Navi, I'm into it. Once we get to the human people, it's, it's, it, it's, it just loses for a little, little bit for me. Um, I think Sigourney Weaver's in it and she's fine. I also think she has some, some like bad lines. Like she, she's like, I'm a hard ass with a heart of gold. Can't you tell? Well, it's, like, it's, it's, she's also like playing every stereotype when she first meets Jacob, just assuming like this is stating with her mind like every little thing like like even when he's not in the room just being like there's a lot of good brain activity here and she's like surprise surprise yeah, yeah like yeah. like just every condescending comment she can possibly make about jake whether he's present or not yeah, yeah and it's like oh my god okay like good good lord um and and like i i think with her character in particular i feel like there's a failure uh because it, it, in a script sense, she should be our proxy of understanding the Navi better, not just through Jake, but also like sh her, rather than her like just blatant aggression towards the Marines and things, we should be getting a deeper sense of how she is connected, her personally, how she has been connected. The fact that we don't go into exploring like her connections with the Navi because of the school um like for her not for jake to hear yeah. and have exposition but for her as a character the fact that that doesn't happen makes the scene where they all treat her so gently and respectfully we just have passes, to kind of hollow to a to an extent because we are not given tangibly in the film her connection to them through the school we are told about it we see photos of it but we are not given it mm -hmm. uh and i think that her character gets done the most disservice uh by the script uh ryan talked a little bit about the world of pandora i do really appreciate how uh james cameron has uh, thought of this world it's probably one of the most detailed alien worlds i've ever seen because of just how much cameron thought about this this feels like very much like he's had answers for everything um the kind of like connected ecosystem um it's also really a heavy-handed metaphor, but like the the way all the animals and all the and all the Navi interact with the ecosystem and everything like that, very well fleshed out. There's also some really cool subtle hints that aren't really called to. Like the Navi have four long fingers, and the human Navi avatars have five have five uh, have like human hands. They have five fingers. Um, I didn't notice that. Uh, for a long time, it's not called. It's not called out to um, till 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 later. Till and I noticed it later. And I think that's pretty cool that they did that. Um, the something else about that. Oh, the way the 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 way that it looks unnatural that the Navi are in like human spaces. Um, like when they're well, like when when Natiri is in the lab at the end, or when they're marching everyone out. How unnatural that looks is very um um effective to me um you forget, because you forget how big they are you forget the scale until, yeah. they're, until they're right next to each other yeah yeah and i think that's that's a really effective visual how they how they don't look like they belong in that setting um because yeah. they don't that that's not where they belong the final like the final part where it's just giant lady holding her little baby husband uh uh 
Loved it. It reminded me uh, uh, of Bay the Blood Moon and Doug Ramsey from the X-Men. He has a big wife. You met, you met them in XS Swords. Uh, mm-hmm. He's like, oh, look at his big wife. Oh, they're cute. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I think visually this movie is stunning. There's only one there's only one aspect of this movie that I think has aged in the time since, and that's the cloth simulation of when the Navi are wearing human clothes, uh, not when they're wearing their Navi their Navi clothes. I think oh, that's really shirt. yeah. I think that's kind of really where the the CG is starting to you're starting to see the cracks in the CG there, but still very good, especially for the time. Yeah. Um, well, all their faces okay. hold up so well. Oh my god, the facial yes. animations, like like there's a lot of like hair, like 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 you know, like cat like cat faces and like and like expressions and like very, very subtle. And again, I can't believe this movie came out at the right same time that Tron Legacy did, because I think of the faces in that movie compared to this movie. Like those are made of rubber. And like Natiri, like the, she has like the smallest change in her eyes or a slight wry smile. And I'm like, man, that's a real character right there. And again, like 13 years later, it's still more impressive than movies that come out today, and we're getting a sequel to it that looks look at, unfathomably good. Look at Cats. Oh, like, no, Cats basically even, did... That's not even fair. I don't want to. That's not even <laughs> fair. They they screwed that VFX team over by yeah, just, like, shoot, shooting they it. Shot like, them in, they shot them in street clothes. clothes without any kind of motion capture. So like, rude. <laughs> like, you can't even... Like, obviously, it would not have looked as good as Avatar. There's no world where it would have. But, like, boy, did that team get shot in the foot on that one. <clears throat> Gross. But anyway, there's some there's some really good... Um... Nope, that's not the sentence I want to do. I want to, I want to, talk, I want to talk about this note. Sorry. Um, I noticed uh, that the Navi are basically just naked. I don't believe... I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. But I don't... Like, if you told me, I wouldn't believe you. That there is a costume designer for the for the Navi because it feels like James Cameron just said put a feather over the nipple and call it a day, um, because that's basically what Natiri is wearing. She, she's not wearing a a a top. She her yeah. necklace is covering the parts that would make this a rated R film. Yeah, yeah. And like I found that. that What'd you say? But somebody has to still design that. No, I know, I I know that, but I think it, I think it was I think there's. As much thought as much thought that as there is into this world, there is there is not as much thought put into frankly PG thirteen alien clothing because they are just naked animals. Well, that's the thing. There are people who live in nature. I mean, just like I mean, Native Americans and people of olden times didn't. They, if you live in the woods, you don't wear as a lot of clothing either. Like a lot of men are just are just they're shirtless. So uh, that I I personally I I don't have a problem with that part. I didn't say I had a problem with it. No, I was just I, commenting no, on it. No, I get it. I just I I didn't think about that because like there are people who live in the woods and like they don't have a lot of clothing. This is not the I point. Say, I thought we could suck on, so let's move on. I, I well, I was gonna say I was gonna say like I I thought about that too because in the sense that um like the savage dialogue, the, the calling them savages hits to a very particular, like what, what are we talking about kind of thing. And, um, and indigenous representation has gotten better post avatar and was getting better certainly at the time of avatar. But like, I can get on board with the, like being close to nature kind of thing. Like why, but like a whole lot of indigenous tribes, like, you know, have, have a range of like things that they wear for for ceremonial purposes or for different weathers, different acclimates. And so I think there is to to the credit of the point that you were observing, Brandon, I do think there's room for a little bit more consideration of 
what the Navi are wearing, when and why. Maybe not necessarily for this film, but something I'm kind of hoping to see in the second one or the rest because like they're going to different environments and kinds of things. And like you're not just always going to be naked um, or mostly naked. And and I think that there is some amount of credit to that of like, again, like this is getting back to that conversation of like improving our representation of things, right? If we, this is very, very blatantly proxy to indigenous Americans. Um, and if we're doing that, then we need to kind of consider a little bit more of, of like the relevance of representation and how to step away even visually, even subtly from savage imagery. Um, anyway, that makes sense. That being said, history's on the side of Avatar because now diverse representation is so highly encouraged that if they if they go to Way of Water and they go to these other sequels and they bring in more diverse voices who want to bring more culturally relevant things, things that are more embracing of the fact of what we are paralleling in our real life and putting it on the screen, that can be really great. That can be really great for Avatar. That's mm-hmm. a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Anything else? Uh, yeah. The, I think the worst thing in this script uh by far is the pulpy totally unnecessary near over voiceover narration of uh jake oh yeah in the specifically in the second half of the film i think the opening over narration that he does to kind of get us up to speed and get us introduced is fine and then i don't think we should have heard him again I don't have a problem when it's a video log. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're hearing it over other shots and we're cutting to the video log again. Yeah, yeah. That's okay. I do have a problem when we're later in the film and we're only getting voiceover narration seemingly just talking, again, just talking to us. Yeah. You could say that all of that is supposed to be the video log stuff, but I don't think it all fits. That's, that's, yes. That's and the it thing. feels unnecessary the amount that it's in the movie. Uh, we're, we're running into like a Blade Runner territory where we're doing a little too much of the voiceover stuff. Yeah, that's a that's a super good point because I agree. If it was all video log stuff, that makes sense. Specifically, one of my favorite scenes is when he's like, I've been, I've been doing this for three months. I don't know who I am anymore. That's a great thing. But also the beginning of the movie, it's just him narrating, just him narrating. So it's like, it doesn't make sense that he's narrating to us, then he's narrating in the movie, like actually in the movie. Right. Yeah, and again, like, I think the opening one is okay. Like, I think it's kind of putting us in the right position for who he is and his mindset and, like, getting us up to speed quickly on his brother and all that stuff. And I'm like, that's all fine. That makes sense to me. But there there was a specific point where, like, we're somewhere in the third act and he's he's talking about things he's learned uh, and like what that what that means to him but it's not a video log we never cut to a video log it is just voiceover narration and when it's like that i i just was like do we need this do is this adding anything right now because <laughs> like, this feels like bullshit voiceover narration like what is what is he saying that we aren't seeing ourselves on screen right is he just reinfor- he's just reinforcing the things that we're just saying on screen basically yeah there, there's so, so like there's a good I'd say two thirds of the time that the voiceover narration isn't working or and isn't necessary, and then a, another third that is the like stuff that's for the video log and, and is like, showing him progressively slipping away and recording what he's doing as he's slipping into uh, being completely Navi. Um, sure. Yeah, I really like the Ryan alluded to it real quickly, but the the bit uh, where he's saying. You know, I don't know 
what is you know when he wakes up when he's doing this for three months and he doesn't know if he's a navi or if he's a human anymore that line is blurring starting to blur for him because he's you know he's being so enriched into the culture and it's more freeing for him because he has use of his legs and um and he's talking he talks a lot about that that's my favorite uh monologue uh that that in this movie I i think that's awesome i think it's a very important thing of like how the character works because again like if it had just been like he really liked Neytiri and he decided to turn on the humans. I think that's far less meaningful. It does run too close to the white savior kind of thing. I don't think it has the emotional impact. It's the fact that like we're being shown that what is happening to him is him using the Navi body to just like the rest of them do connect to plants, connect to animals, connect to the voices of their past in trees. And that becomes a part of him. And so when he gets out of that into the human body, it's like, what even is this? Yeah, he, This is a joke. He wakes up. And like, you know, he's used to being on Pandora where like, it's so beautiful and there's like so much stuff. And then he wakes up in a metal box that's just gray. In some ways it's and the it's Matrix. Like so sad. In some ways it's the Matrix in reverse, except being oh. in the Matrix is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. The anti-Matrix, yeah, yeah. The um, man, the mechs, we can talk about mechs at all. I, not only do I like mechs, I love giant knives that mechs get to hold because I'm just imagining a, a human trying to hold that knife and it's stupid and I love it. Um. It, this is honestly one of my favorite interpretations of mechs like this. I love when it's like it's when it's like analog like this. When instead of you like have you being in the arms, you, you it's like a, a it's like a one to one like a video game like Punch Out almost. Um, I love that design. I think it's really cool. Uh, boy, when all those ships are flying, I'm like, man, this reminds me of Halo. But I'm like, he also made Aliens, and the inspiration from Halo is from Aliens, so it's all full circle. Um, that final battle, uh, pretty sweet, very sweet uh the hundreds of dragons of banshees um oh yeah michelle rodriguez is in this movie i for i i she she's fine she's totally fine uh so like that's another like she's instrumental to their escape yeah and i'm like okay so like the gunner who was really pissed that she pulled her ship away when they were firing on the tree he just he didn't report her. Yeah, yeah. She didn't get in trouble for that. She's not being monitored for maybe being like sympathetic to the Navi, as Stephen Lang would absolutely be doing. <laughs> nah, that's fine. Um, I forgot how effective and emotional the the destruction of the tree is. Hmm. It's a really great scene. Da na na na. Oh yeah, bro. Oh, yeah. James Horner, he's so good. He can't help it. Every single movie this man has made in the past, Willow came out, what, 30 years ago? Every single movie has that sting in it. Every single one. And I'm like, bro, it's a good stinger. It's copy and pasted a lot of your movies, my man. Lucky it's so good. I'm really sad that James Horner isn't going to be... Uh, I know it's a disciple of Horner who's doing the next one, but you know there is a, there's a tone that this movie has. Uh, the final song, I See You which plays over the credits is it has a lot. I really like the musical. I don't necessarily care for the lyrics, but, but the music in that song, I really like. Um, I think that, I think the, the, the main melody, I think is, is what I'm trying to say is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I wanted to say real quickly because Ryan talked about the final battle. I just want to say that I, the, the line Awa heard you when, when everything looks poor, looks bad. And then they see all the animals coming. Awa heard you. And Interior says, uh, awesome. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I agree. So, yes, Ben, you have something? No, no. I was going to say, it's it kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the Rohirrim charging in Helm's Deep when Gandalf shows up and when all the animals sure. charge. But also, um, to go on Ryan's thing for the mechs, re-watching this movie again and seeing those type of mechs, seeing those machines, the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, a Gundam movie could work. 
we can do it. Because those, I mean, yes, those, those, I know they're making it, but still, and it's just like it reframes it. It was like, man, they did this 13 years ago. I got a movie can work, but besides the point, the mechs look great. The robots look great. The machinery looks great. Um, and I was going somewhere with this, but you're, you're absolutely right. The way these mechs look and the way the machines are and how this entire tr- um, troop of platoons or this, or platoons, my God, why is my brain doing what I'm doing right now? When, the, when they're going to attack the tree, it is truly a very um, emotional moment. Even I got, I was like, no, not that. Don't, don't destroy the tree. Why are you destroying the tree, my man? They when effectively, they effectively uh, uh, show you the importance of the tree. It's not yeah. a, it's not a, we t- we're telling you that this tree is important and then we're going to knock mm-hmm. it down. It's like throughout the movie, we are shown why that tree is important. And I think yeah. that's very, and, and of course that, that my... makes that, that makes that scene when they're tearing it down, very effective. Yeah. And of course my dumbass is going to like the uh, tree burns. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, Elden Ring unfortunately didn't come out first. Yeah, um, I know. I, wish, <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, this this movie does pack the emotional punch. Like when Jake wakes up in his avatar body and it's all ash. Like you mm. see the ash, you see the ashes like falling like snow, and it's like, man, this the, you see the true devastation of what happened. You can't even see twenty feet past in front of him. But thankfully, his dragon's still there, and I know they're banshees or um, ikrons or imp, I forgot what they're called already. Ikrons. Oh, banshee. Yeah, banshees, but they're, to me they're sky dragons. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the 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 thing specifically that, that like that scene that really gets me is is the mom going like ah ah, yeah. and I'm like, oh. or even or even when she's when the tree is being attacked, and she comes to Jake and um, Grace with the knife. I'm thinking, oh, I forgot that she's the one who sets them free, and yeah, she's yeah. like coming up, looks like she's gonna stab mm-hmm. him, and it's like if you are one of us, help us, cut, cut, get. Uh, for me, one of my favorite lines is Jake when he's trying to convince them of the danger, and he says the sky people will come like... Uh, sorry, it's when he's connecting to Ewa, and he's warning her, and he's mm-hmm. saying, look into my brain. The sky people, they will come. They will come like an eternal vein that will never end, unless you show that they can be stopped. You have to do it now, or they will just never, ever stop coming. Um and uh, I thought that was that was really good. Mm-hmm. Going back to the score, yeah. I do think the theme of Avatar, I guess it's the theme, could have been a little more pronounced in the movie because I heard it this time, but I heard it because I heard it in the trailer mm-hmm. for the second one. And it's... I was like, oh, there you are, theme. Uh, I don't think it's as clearly pronounced in this movie as it should be. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It was surprising to me to say this, but the Amazing Spider-Man theme is more pronounced than this one. Um, James Horner makes some very good themes. I like him a lot. I like the score, but Sparks is right. That theme is that theme should be more pronounced than it is. It's a little buried. Yeah. Uh, so in my memory, when we were talking about you know the return of Stephen Lang for The Way of Water, uh, I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I I think he like fell off a cliff. His death was ambiguous. It's not ambiguous. He's dead. Uh, yeah. He was shot with two arrows that kill him in an hour, and he not, had his mask on one minute. Sorry, is it one minute? It's, yes, they the say neurotoxin kills him in one minute. In one minute. Oh, yeah. see, like, and then yeah. the mask is off also, and he's supposed to die in twelve minutes from that. So, like, he's done. Yeah, he's dead. dead. So, yeah. I want to 
I actually I want us to like finish talking about Avatar, and then I just want us to speculate about Avatar too, because those trailers now that I know are kind of wild. Um, um, I I Grace dies. She doesn't get her body transported into the Avatar body. Spoiler alert for the trailers of Avatar two. Sigourney Weaver's in the movie. So is Stephen Lang's Corich. Um, very interesting where they're both ending up. Um, it's so crazy that it took thirteen years to get the second 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 one. <laughs> There's there's a line in that same scene that Sparks was talking about when when Jake is trying to it, it, when Jake is praying to Awa. They killed our mother. Mm-hmm. I really like that line because it it says a lot. It says a lot. If I am remembering the line correctly, and be that might not be, but if he says if he truly does say they killed our mother, like I like I thought I heard, that means he has already he has disassociated himself from the people who are attacking Pandora, but still considers the green of earth that he never saw uh, to be uh, his. Um, I thought that that's a, that's a pretty cool line that tells a lot about a person's character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And it is, even though it, like, again, you can see the trajectory of his character. It is, it is nice seeing him be like, Oh man, like this stuff is important. And like, I used to just be big old meathead, like a, a gunman, but like spirituality and being connected to something uh, is important. And we talk about kind of the predictability of the script, which it is. But there's one thing that I'm really happy they didn't do, which is that Sigourney Weaver doesn't feel betrayed by Jake. Mm-hmm. You know, when when it's revealed that 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 Jake has been, t- she always knew, she knew, she just didn't care. She needed him. And so when it's revealed that, so when it's revealed when when Lang pulls up the thing, and there and there it is, she has this moment where she puts his hand on his shoulder, like it's fine, we're we're beat. Yeah, uh, it's one of those things where. I think it, it could maybe could have used a moment, but I what I do like about the movie is that the guy on her team learns that he's in the room with Lang telling him information. Max. Mm-hmm. And then without telling Jake why, they say we're moving, you know, like they're just like, well, I want to get out from under their thumb. We're packing up, we're moving. And they move all the stuff. And they don't confront him about it. They don't talk to him about it. They don't say like, don't talk to him or that kind of thing. They know he's very very important to their research and what they're doing and the navi right now so they don't want to ruin relations with him um but they can't have him just regularly going and informing so that the move off site like is a really smart judicious way to like okay let's hope that enough exposure away from him and with the navi and us is going to change him um and it does and and yeah it, it the video log thing you're right. Like she's not surprised by it. And I think the important part of it is that she's just like, it's not even one of the times where he was like reporting information to them. He was just talking. Yeah. But they had it. Yeah. Yeah. There's the, um, mm, nope, it's gone. Shit. I was, I was just about to write it down. I had it. Into All right. Pandora. Into Pandora. Uh, Gail, I'm not going to answer that. That's a weird question that I, I have no idea how to answer that. I'm assuming that because they were cold. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. I guess so. Because it's got to be, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that this this movie has a lot going for it. And I think, I think, I think people deserve, I think oh, the general audience does really like this movie because it's made a buttload of money every single time it's re-released. So like, I guess they don't need it, but like maybe film Twitter needs to take, needs to give this a rewatch and like reevaluate this film. Because it honestly, it's not as bad as like history is trying to remember it as. Yeah, I don't. 
which I think I think literally I think literally everything I've ever seen people say about like the script is bad, the story is bad for these parts is like mostly accurate and I think a, a fair read. Like, is the film as a whole better than those parts? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think it is. I specifically like I know people I follow on Twitter, uh, uh, people of color mostly. They're like, I don't want to watch Avatar because it's a it's just a white savior movie, and it is. There there is no denying that is a part of the movie. There's a white dude coming to save these other people who can't save themselves in a way. Um, and there's some people who just, they don't want to watch movies like that. And I get it. hundred percent get it. I think that is being a little, I think it's giving the movie the disservice because it is, I think it is a, is it a feat that this thing exists the way it does and how beautiful it looks. Um, uh, and James Cameron wanted to tell a story of environmentalism, but he also did want, he also did it in a way where you have to have like, you know, native people and someone has to come save them. So like, you know, it is, that is a push and pull that just like, again, like, that's just something like that's on you. If you like, if you want to watch something like that, so, like I can't fault anyone who doesn't want to watch that. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if uh, it would be it like it wouldn't change a lot, but like if it would at least be a slightly more acceptable, like the, the way they're going about the story. If if simply Jake were not white and a person of color, just to integrate more to uh, being again like talking about because all of the avatar doing. all the character all the avatar actors always saw the laws cch pounder west study who's an indian actor uh they're all people of color playing the navi they're not they're not white people playing the navi so right. like it, it, it's it, it it is there that is a part of the movie right um but like again like i think i think you can give movies i think you can give movies credit while still have, having you know critical stuff to say about it yeah I don't think I have anything else unless I can remember that point. I really, the whole time I was watching this, I was more enraptured about how the world looks. Because it's been, once again, over 13 years since I've last seen this movie in theaters. And now that I'm an adult, I could definitely see the more heavy-handed themes like Gail was talking about how this this film takes a lot of um, inspiration for when the Europeans came to the Americas. And it's very plainly there to see. I don't know well, I think I know why, because the education system didn't teach me how bad it truly was when I was growing up. Now I know a little better. I'm watching this firsthand. I'm like, yikes. But the what the, the technological feat that this movie um, had, did is still there. I mean, yes, there's problems with the script. There's problems with the story. That's I'm not debating that. But the fact that this film looks the way it does with how um, James Cameron got a bunch of artists to create this place, to create the language, create the creatures and everything around it. I'm excited to see what else. We only get little, in this film, in 2009 Avatar, we get little snippets of other different um, climates. We get the planes. We get the people who um, are on the cliffs with the with the, with the the banshees. But now I'm really excited for Way of Water because I love how this ocean looks, just from the trailers. I am ecstatic to see how what kind of things Cameron can imagine with the marine life. I've always been fascinated with going in the ocean. I think exploring the ocean, while terrifying, is also majestic because you there are things down there that's like, how do you live and how have you survived this long? It is amazing. It is glorious. So, or like at least our oceans are glorious. But I'm I'm excited. I honest to goodness cannot wait to see what happens in the way of water. The 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 I like the credit sequence too because it's just like look how badass our VFX artists are. Look at these mountains. Look at that river. Isn't that mm-hmm. incredible? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, James, it is. It really is. It uh, is. It, it, it it just like that. This looks like a real place. 
Like, well, some of the, like, Bless obviously, me. like, the Navi look really good, but, like, I know they're not real. Like, some of those vistas, that could just be a real place. That's how good it looks. And, again, this was 13 years ago. This new, The Way of Water trailer, like, that, everything just looks real. That's Those are real people. That's a real water flowing. Those are real uh, underwater dragons. Uh, it's incredible. Um, can we talk about Avatar 2 now? Or is, oh, just you guys have final thoughts. Sorry. Uh, I was actually going to ask, do we want to rate it? Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh. Do you have anything else to final to say first? Um, no, I think I, I think overall, you, I, I I think you guys covered it pretty well. Like it, it really does come down to that, you know, it it is a technological feat in the hands of a master filmmaker, and for that, it it extends past its faults. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, said. what would you rate it? Yeah. I would give it an eight. It's an eight. Yeah, I would say the same too. Eight. Thank eight you. as well for me. So eight all around. That. That's a pretty good movie. Yeah. Oh, you know, next year, Sparks, we need to talk about making that perfect 10 uh, slideshow or, or a video that we should do. If we, if we all give everything perfect 10s, we should make a little thing like, woo! Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We can do that in OBS. Easy money. That'd be fun. Oh, uh, yeah. oh, so Avatar 2. Avatar The Way of Water. So, Grace is now a 15-year-old daughter of Jake Sully. When they, when her and they, when him and Nateria had a kid, somehow Yahweh was like, "Oh, great to be back alive. Here you go." Because she's now part of. Oh, this really reminded me of Krakoa. Super hard how Krakoa oh, is now yeah. interconnected with all the X Men. I'm like, damn. I'm like, I really like that. Um, I am the most. The thing I am most fascinated about is Stephen Lang's character, because Ben, I don't know if you if you caught this, but he's an avatar in the, in one of the trailers. Oh no, I saw. He crushes okay. his own skull. Yeah, I think I, that's the, the dopest thing on the planet. Oh no, no, it's badass, but the exact same time, it's like, how? You dead. Dead so, dead. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's my here's my fun theory how that happens. Because like he clearly becomes an avatar. That is a thing that happens in the movie, right? So how does that happen? I have a feeling that the government, the military, took over the Avatar program from Grace and all them, and now they're using it in evil ways. So they're we see multiple evil avatar people. So like they are using they are they can't fight the avatars on their own. They have to become who they hate so they can fight them to be stronger with their carbon density bones or whatever the hell they said. That's funny. I love that. Naturally occurring um, carbon fiber. Yeah, carbon fiber. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, like evil, an evil avatar program is such a cool idea. I love that uh, idea. Um, uh, any, any theories about, and, uh, about that? Here's the idea that it's not going to be that I just had, and I kind of like it. He, Stephen Lang is a ghost in the machine. And he has, and his mind, his his mind was computerized, and he can, and he is uh, unknowing to people. This was not on purpose. He has infected the mind of an of a Navi, uh, uh, so he becomes like this evil, like ghost in the machine. That'd be really fun. That's not it. It's definitely not it. But I think that'd be fun. Okay, so like my favorite ever since. Uh, my fiance's sister said it the other night is that it should be Stephen Lang's twin brother who who was a scientist and working on getting a Navi body in the program and his brother was now murdered on the planet so he's got to take over a Navi body (laughs) I really really want that to be it I think that's poetry I think that is he sees his brother's skull and he destroys it yeah 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 yeah. you're too weak brother I will yeah I uh, I just think that's an incredible idea that like the villains will also be avatars. Um, my now I have one, uh, uh, not worry, but I I'm worried that the story will not be more in depth than I want it to be, just like Avatar one, because it's very much a thing of like, hey, we need to stop the humans from taking from destroying our planet. 
And if it's just going to be that again, then it's, it'll be another, hey, it's really good looking visually, but it's kind of a, a, a shallow story. Shallow water, maybe. Um, the thing I'm not worried about on the counter of my own my own pick is this is a over three hour long movie where we have not seen a lot of the movie. The trailers are showing us the same scenes from different angles, like just more of the same scenes. Uh, so again, hearing that this movie is way crazier and bigger than than the first one, it is more mystical and create like anime. Uh, they're not showing us any of that. So that makes me really excited. There's a brief scene where 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 Grace Navi is doing almost like a Kamehameha, like she's lighting up. Now I'm super curious about all that stuff. Otherwise, like I'm, I I'm I am a little worried that the story will just be we need to team up to fight humans again. I think there's still a really big question mark on that that human boy running around with them. Did he just adopt a kid? Uh, like that, that's a really really big question. Yeah. Mark. As far as we know, he he adopted a, a human boy. Yeah, but like but from the context is still weird, like baffling. Yeah. Uh, frankly, yeah. Um, I mean. Part what, of me, what I'll say, I just real quick, Ben, I want to counter to what Ryan was saying, which is that uh, I don't, I think that there, it's fully possible for the story to continue to be the humans are coming to try to take our resources, and that can be the story of two through seven yeah. of Avatar, yeah. and that's fine because colonizers will just do that; they'll just keep coming and they'll find new ways to do it. That's true. What matters is what else is happening in the movie, even if those are the stakes. No, absolutely. And, and like, what else is that going to be? So, like, as long as all of that is more full and rich and alive and fleshed out like the world of Pandora itself, yeah, yeah, then we're fine. The stakes can still be the humans are coming to try and take the stuff from the Navi or wipe them out or take their resources or get the unobtainium, whatever. Um, it's all about how you're telling that story in yeah. this in this. Also, it seems gener what I think is probably going to end up being generational storytelling yeah. because we're getting their kids and I don't think we're going to get to Avatar 5 and it'll still be Jake and Zoe Saldana at the lead. I think it's going to be their kids or grandkids. Like, we're going to go through generations. That's what's happening point. here on Pandora. Yeah. Uh, Sam Worthington recently said that 3 is done shooting. He has to go back for additional photography, but 3 is done shooting. So at least we're going to get 3 because this movie, all, all, to be fair, this movie has to make a zillion dollars to break even. Uh, <laughs> Come on, James. I don't know. This one um, is still not as still not more expensive than Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. Fun fact. Still how, expensive though. I just like how how was how that right the most expensive movie. There's a lot of pirates. Puzzles. Pirates four. Here's the thing. Four. Here's the thing. I think Johnny Depp. That's at least 20, 25 million alone right there for him. Right. So yeah. many special effects. That like that movie is hardcore. Like I'm a ghost pirate man, no, and we're, we're no. doing ocean shit. Pirates 4 is more expensive than Pirates 5, and I don't get that. Wait, you said Pirates 4 is more expensive than 5? Yes. Yeah. Oh, on Stranger... What was the last one called? Dead Man? Dead, Dead Man, Tell No Tell. Okay, I was mixing them up. Oh, that is weird. Yes, it's weird. That is weird. Pirates 4 <laughs> is the most expensive movie. There's some, yes. there's some fraud happening here. You're right. <laughs> there's some tax man. You gotta go check up on Jerry Pirates, Pirates 3 at least filmed on location in China for part of it, and somehow isn't more expensive than Pirates 4. And that movie's hella expensive. And Pirates 3 looks very good. Damn, that's, that's that is a wild thing to learn today. Wow. Davy Jones isn't even in Pirates 4. That's so <laughs> they don't even have to animate him in Pirates 4. How is that the most expensive movie? Weird. Wow. All those mermaids, man. They did it. It's the actor that played Gibbs. Demanded it's the movie. actor that played Gibbs. <laughs> he demanded all the money. Yeah, I'm 
I'm really excited for Avatar 2. I'm really hopeful because we as Ryan said that we you know we're really just seeing the kind of the same scenes over and over again in different different ways in a different order. So there's 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 something Cameron isn't showing us in the trailers. And I have Ooh. to hope that's the that's that's proof. I hope that is proof that there is more to this movie than there was to the first film. Like I said, it like like Spark said, it feels like Avatar 1 was the one for me. Was the one for them. And this is the one for me. And that's what I want to see. I want to see Cameron do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, this feels... I think this is going to be like a soft reboot. And, and I know it's a weird thing to say, but like, I think a lot of people who maybe didn't see the first Avatar are going to come into this one because it's been so long. And I think it'll do a similar story to set up what the rest of the story is. I, I will say that... I Here, I will say this. I think that part of the story of this movie, I'm extrapolating from the trailers, is that they... they the Navi we know from the from Avatar, the main ones that are her tribe, Jake Sully's tribe, um, they lose their home. Yeah, like they they absolutely it is gone now. It, it, they Stephen Lang comes back in with his full force and might and whatever, and he wipes out everything that was there. And now they have to relocate and find a new way of living completely. And right, and I think that that is different from the first one. Right, that is about like the effects of colonialization pushing you out, pushing you away from your home, your ancestral home, and forcing you to find a new way. Could you say that's what happened to the Earthlings going to on Pandora, though? The humans on Pandora? <laughs> no, <laughs> because they're, they're, they're there for bullshit. Um, but, but like, that, that is, you know, a different aspect of that side of colonialization storytelling and, and what they can do with it mm-hmm. and, and where it could go. So... Um, I I think that the uh, the student notes actually there's one note I want to bring up from from Avatar one I'm so sorry I I just wanted to mention it I think the the shot uh, whenever the atmosphere changes like you see like human atmosphere going to Pandora or Pandora and atmosphere coming to I think that's a really cool visual yeah uh, the, every the time, like every time there. yeah I think it's really mm-hmm. cool oh yeah and uh it, it's it's brief but like you see. Because he hasn't, I mean, he doesn't use his legs, but like the the gravity on Pandora is even weaker. So his legs over time get shriveled. And there's that mm-hmm. one scene where he's like, his, his his like they're just like bone. They look like they're like this like it's just yeah. bones on meat. Yeah. Uh, and it's really sad. And and it is it is cool that like the most like the most uh, expensive or the most profitable movie ever made. Like our main character is disabled. That is really cool. Mm. Um, of course he turns into an avatar, so he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. Right. But like that is a really cool and like like progressive thing uh that was that was like you know before like it is like the norm to just include people because you know everyone exists uh like james cameron made it a point of like no like this is a guy in a wheelchair i'm like i think that's important but you're right i'm only gonna push back a little to say like part of that is like where it's drawn back is that his disability is a story point yeah like it is there to motivate his actions both in terms of honestly at first in terms of wanting to do the military thing so in the real world he'll get his legs back and to want to be a navi because he has legs yeah yeah. so like it's it's used in a way where it's like that's not just part of him it is like actively the thing he is trying to change about himself yeah yeah yeah. and so like yes and no in representation terms that's you know what that's fair because he is trying to like fix himself yeah um gail has an interesting question uh do you guys think it'll make as much as the first not a chance no Look, I'm I'm not one to bet against James Cameron. I don't think it's likely that this can make two point whatever two point three is is it at right now two point something, a lot. 
might be a 2.7 honestly after the last re-release um but i don't think it'll get that high i think it could potentially beat titanic i do yeah i do think i don't think it beats endgame i don't think it beats endgame i don't think so like i think there are enough people who are just not interested like frankly like even for spectacle even for the even for the idea of seeing it because a known quantity now there's enough people who are not interested enough to go to the theater and spend money on it there are people who are going to wait for it to show up on disney plus and that 310 runtime is 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 a lot and it, that, yeah. that will put some people who they just don't s- like long movies too I will say so two things. So two 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 kind of points that it's important for us to remember. One, it made seventy million dollars the last time Avatar was released in theaters, which was like a couple months ago. And two, this is going to be the first Disney-owned movie to be released in in China since two thousand nineteen. China loves Avatar, mm-hmm. so like that can help. And yeah, uh, Cameron said it has to become the third or fourth highest-grossing movie of all time to make its money back, and that is. That is an unfathomable like request. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, the whole world has to see my movie again, or else I'm done. Like, that's kind of like, man, that's a lot of pressure, James. Like, I'm and then just, and then I'm you'd have saying. to make you'd have to make the next few it, because I know we're, we know he's filming four. They they could cancel that, but like three would have to be made at a loss if this one doesn't make back doesn't make doesn't break even. Yeah. Here's the thing. Plenty of people that know. Give it three months, and it's on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Maybe that won't be so true with Way of Water. Maybe it's five. But they know. Wait it out. It'll be there. And if it, they're not interested, they're not interested. I do think there will be an amount of people that aren't. I don't think it's going to pull in the numbers that the original did. Because again, like that no. first time is like, oh, we don't know what this is. But now people know it's about blue people. And just some people just don't no, care about it's, that. it's not even just that. Like, I remember the first movie. The first movie... The first movie, there was this whole narrative going around that movie that like when it was when it was coming when it was out and it was you know, it was doing numbers, it was it was it had some legs. It had it had the kind of legs that we used to see back then where movies would just be popular and stay in theaters for months after months after months after months. And Cameron said it's like you know, as it was inching closer to, to Titanic, he said, you know, either either it doesn't be Titanic and I have the highest grossing film of all time. Or it does be Titanic and I have the highest grossing film of all time. Then it became a campaign. There was a campaign from Fox. Hey, keep going to see this movie to make it the highest grossing film of all time. That really helped. Same thing actually happened with Endgame. We try, you know, there was this whole campaign in the later months of Endgame to try to like push it over that hump to get it past Avatar. So like there was an insane amount of hype for 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 End, for Avatar to beat Titanic back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a crazy time. Importantly, Avatar I... numbers are also boosted by. 3D yeah. ticket sales. Oh yeah, yes. and 3D ticket sales are not going to be as popular today. It's true. No, no I actually that's one of the reasons why I don't. I mean, part of me wants to say yes, Avatar could at least almost make that as number. It'll probably just be very shy of um, what it originally made. But the reason why, especially from what I remember, the reason why people kept going to see Avatar over and over and over again, or they saw it twice, was because they want to see it once in 3D. And once in 2D, which is exactly what I did. I saw it in IMAX 3D, and that ticket was 20 bucks a person back in 2009. Jump to 2022, that ticket price for an IMAX 3D film is probably $35, give or take. I I haven't been to an IMAX movie in years. I actually have no idea. Because it was, you're right, $20 13 years ago. Jeez. I rem- I will always remember my dad paying for two IMAX 3D tickets to see Avatar, and I was shocked that that a move that I was like that's forty dollars. Yikes! Yeah. So, and and I'm I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's good. I would feel. I want to say. 
because it's Avatar, because the hype is kind of still there about, hey, remember this movie that made all the highest, became the highest grossing film of all time. And because it's such a visual spectacle, there are going to be, excuse me, there are going to be people who was like, yeah, I want to see this in theaters. It looks amazing. It looks gorgeous. I'm here for a feast for the eyes. But Sparks is also correct. There's going to be people who are just not interested and they're going to wait until it comes out on Disney Plus where they can pause it, go to the restroom, come back. There are extenuating circumstances in movie going that just were not the case in 2009. True. Like uh, uh, Sparks has mentioned them, Ben has mentioned them, we've all mentioned them. You know, there is streaming. Streaming was not this popular back then. Uh, there were the 3D ticket sales. That was a big deal with that movie. See it in 3D. It's a new form of 3D. Cameron mm-hmm. is bringing back the is bringing back this film in 3D. I'm not seeing it in 3D. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> um, so like I'm, I am interested to see what the numbers could be because I, I, I feel like it is impossible to beat avatar at this point, especially with how many re-releases avatar has had to boost mm-hmm. that number. Uh, I think it is impossible to beat that. I don't think it beats Endgame, but I yeah. do think there is. I do think there is a hype, and should there be a perfect storm, the kind of perfect storm that I'm kind of anticipating, honestly, should there is the hype from the general audience to see this movie um, that could propel it potentially past Titanic, and I think that's probably as far as it would go if Here's, it went that high at all. Uh, Gail brings up the point that China's in lockdown currently due to COVID. Let's be honest, our case numbers are going up here in Southern California. So like it, you could get a nasty backlash that is going to hurt avatar way of water. I hope mm-hmm. that doesn't happen. Nobody wants to be in lockdown here, but I have seen those case numbers going up. So it, yeah. it, it might not like make the movie not go to theaters, but it might make less people go. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to say. I think what could happen is that way of water might be, really really good and word of mouth might help Mm -hmm. if it's really really good uh it's got an open runway for a bit in movie theaters that people might come in the new year i mean if they hear enough good stuff yeah so if it's really good then it might get people to put the asses in seats and it might work more importantly if it is good and people had some people held out and waited for disney plus when the third one comes around, that might do it. Yeah, yeah. If this one is good, the third one might benefit from it. There's you also know, a. So. I was just gonna say, Sparks is really right that it has almost a free run. Its only competition is is Megan. Remember, and Aquaman like, comes out this December. Remember, Aquaman. No, it comes out <sighs> next year. I know, I'm joking. It makes me sad. Oh, sorry. Uh, that would have been its competition, frankly. Um, yeah. But like, you know, it's got from when it comes out, it's got a free run to just do numbers for a couple of months before ant-man comes out it does and who knows like maybe because if like spark said COVID cases are rising here in southern california people are might not want to go see the the go to the movies again but once um and disney might say they might see this and like, they'll still keep it in theaters take it out and then once cases start dropping and people start going out again they might re-release it again there's always a chance that they could they'll do that it's like hey if you didn't see it the first time or if you did go see it the first time, go see it again or see it for the first time. Who knows? See it in 3D or if, if they are going to do a 3D. I'm not, I don't know. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Way of Water have a longer theatrical run than we have seen, uh, well, since Top Gun Maverick. I was going to say Top Gun uh, this but year. I, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, the, the but Top Gun Maverick kept being in theaters and even came out on Blu-ray and, and like Voodoo and all that kind of stuff. I think they might hold back 
physical and streaming releases even past the window that they usually do if they really want to push way of water yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean i think we're all i think we're all kind of in agreement like best case scenario best case scenario it beats titanic but it doesn't get any higher mm-hmm. yeah it just seems yeah because like again endgame is like like a, a huge culmination perfect storm like like a pop culture moment uh and avatar in a way was like groundbreaking technology that no one's ever seen and like in a way you could you can only do that once you know like you can only release avatar once and the second no matter how good it could be it, it it's a known quantity and some people uh they're just not they're not willing to take the chance again what's so interesting is at this point avatar the way of water now kind of classifies as a legacy sequel and normally those films would do better than their predecessor because you know there's all this hype of like you know there's these characters are coming back these actors are coming back to these roles and so they would do really well and better and they would do better than the previous entry in that franchise. But because the previous entry in the Avatar franchise is the highest grossing film of all time, it's kind of impossible for The Way of Water to be to beat it. I'll also say I really truly have no perspective on how people who were like two or three when the original came out feel about it mm-hmm. at this point. What their interest level is in Way of Water. Yeah. I have no idea what the younger generation really feels That's about Avatar yeah. or their desire to see this one. Oh. No clue. That could be a big number or very small. I can I can help you. Willow Smith, wonderful artist, uh, daughter of Will Smith. She has a Navi reference in one of her most popular songs, um, and she's she's like a, she's younger than us. So uh, there's some there is some cultural stuff going on there. She's putting it in a song like a couple years ago. Interesting. Who knows? Like honest, honestly, Avatar might have been the furry trigger for a whole generation that Robin Hood was for us. So I don't That's know. Good point. God, that Sigourney Weaver waist was very thin. There's a quote that James Cameron said that I just found out about um, when because he insisted that Nateria has have breasts. Like he was like the women Avatar need to have breasts because he wanted them to be attractive to male audiences. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Find that funny. Got, got some uh, some some sick ass freaks out there. <laughs> All right. Book club? Ben? Yep. It is your book club, sir. Take it away. It is my book club. And as no secret, if you've been a longtime listener or watcher of the show, I love this little guy, Sonic the Hedgehog. He is one of my favorite characters of all time. So my book club is the IDW uh, run of Volume 3, Battle for Angel Island, which is issues 9 through 12. I want to quickly interject for anybody who has been staying with us for the long game. We did volumes 4 and 5 last year, and this is the prequel to that. And Ben had to give us the entire context of this run for that book club. I'm sorry, really these two, because I'd read it. Um, These two, the entire context. Well, now we're reading the context. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, and it's written by Ian Flynn. The cover artist is um, Natalie Fordrain, and the line art is done by Evan Stanley and Tracy Alley, who have been Sonic the Hedgehog uh, regulars since the Archie days. And this, and the reason why I picked this book club, I want something quick, easy, and fun. I will not lie. I want something quick, easy, fun, and this honestly brings in college. Of... <laughs> God damn it, Brandon. <laughs> and this, and this. Um, four issue run takes one of my favorite um, villains of all time, Metal Sonic, and makes him even more of a villain when they give him a super form for the very first time in both the comic books and in the video games. So, what'd you guys think about this one? This guy, this guy. No, yeah, Ryan is showing a, a picture metal. of metal, 
That is a master overlord. overlord. Yeah, master overlord. Oh, Ben. Yeah. Ooh, good. Start. No, it's no, no, no. Uh, it's just like we've read like three or four of these Sonic comics now, and it's fine. I know. It's it is a quick, easy read. I think the I think the art's really nice. It's, I think the art's really good. I think the art is really good. Mm-hmm. I, I do like it a lot. I think it's got a great style. I it's just it's like not no disrespect. It's it's a kid's book and it's it's it is. written for kids and like it, the, the, a lot of the characters just sound the same to me. To be honest, like like a lot of like personalities are kind of similar. Mm-hmm. I was most interested in um what's the the the, the, the evil doc the not the, the evil guy who doctors doctor starline. Yeah, I, I remember him from from the last time we read the book, and I liked him a lot. I think his design's really cool. Um, he, he supersonic and blazing. Who's the blazing lady? I got a picture of it. Blaze, Blaze yeah, Blaze. She, she's like from another universe. I didn't, I don't know about that, so that was kind of cool. Like, she's like, she has her own version of supersonic. I think the action's cool, it's it's light and fluffy. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's why I picked it. I just want something light and fluffy. After the week I had, I'm like, I just want something light and fluffy. Evan, that's Sonic, cool. oh, yeah, for your for the final book club of the year. This is a wild choice. I know. Um, obviously, I'm like, you know, I'm jonesing for some Sonic the Hedgehog. I'd like to, I'd like to read some cool stuff. I'd like to watch some cool stuff of Sonic the Hedgehog, play some cool stuff. Um, but I don't know, man. Are you just picking bad Sonic titles on purpose? No, like, people like this. Um, it's just not for us. No, but like. I don't know. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I do remember the first, the the first issues of this run, the the, the next volumes. We read the next volumes. The yeah, yeah. Four and five. We read four and five. I, yeah. I re I remember those. I remember how I felt about those volumes, and it's far more negative than I was than I was on this one. Uh, I don't remember caring much about them, but this one, I didn't. I did like, uh, because it's pretty. It's pretty action packed. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty, there's some pretty good, good action stuff, but I'm still waiting for that one that's gonna get me into Sonic. I get people like it. I get people like it. Mm-hmm. Eh, it's not for me. Like, not for Brandon, me. your way into Sonic, your way into Sonic is the movie and then the games. Uh, it's not gonna be the comics. Um, ben, I like this book. Uh, <laughs> I like this volume, but I like Sonic Heroes, and this is very Sonic Heroes. There's a lot of Sonic heroes in this volume, which is why I like it. Um, But if you don't know those things, it doesn't mean anything to these two. (laughs) They're not familiar. Seeing seeing the giant dragon version of Elsog, I'm like, that's really cool. That's Mm -hmm. like when he turned into that giant boss at the end of Sonic Heroes. They don't know that. Um, Like, I, I, I was a little baffled that you went backwards instead of forward. Uh, only, only in the sense like I understand why to do something light and fluffy, even doing the Sonic. Like I think that you had, it's done now. Why have we read Volume One? Did we read Volume One of this comic? No. no. Why? Because I don't have any context for it. You would, you still would. Okay. You still wouldn't. Okay. You, you still, you gotcha. still. Many of the characters just exist. Okay. They just already exist. You're supposed to already be familiar because of games. Gotcha. Um, it, it wouldn't. You would not have fared better. <laughs> um, <laughs> So like one and two basically set up to this, okay. and like you, you, 
four and five kind of needed the context of this, but the the this you're fine. Um, so I'm your better shot probably would have been going forward with these two. I think at this point you gotta call it on the Sonic comics for these two because they're they're just they're 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 starting to fall less in love with Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> the more you make them do it. Um, I get it. I'm with you, Ben. I enjoy this. I'm with you. I know these characters. I get what they're doing. I, I can accept that their personalities are, are, Brian's right, kind of intermixed in the writing from Flynn. But uh, I like the art and I like spending time with these characters. So it works for me. Um, yeah, it was a little, I was a little surprised when I saw it that you went a step backwards. And I mean, the reason why the reason why I picked this was because I actually forgot about the middle, the Master Overlord thing. I picked it because it was Metal Sonic going super, and it was the most dangerous, in my opinion, the most dangerous metal has ever been. Sure, I will not lie. While I was rereading this, I was like, "Man, I'm gonna get chewed out for this by Brian and Brandon." I was no, like, not "I mean, like not, che- not not chewed out, but it, I mean." The, and also, I was when I was the re- another reason why I picked this. It was the first thing that popped into my brain. And I was just absolutely exhausted. Man, I was I like trying to think you. of. I was literally trying to think of anything else that I that I wanted to that I, I wanted to pick. But this was like Ben. I, I need the, to remind you that you have Marvel Unlimited, which has I do no thousand comics on it. No shit. But I was, dude. My mental state was not good. No, I get you. It has not, you. honestly. I barely recovered for the from okay, this week. So I was, that, this was literally the very first thing. And I told Brandon, I was like, hey, uh, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and think of something different. I couldn't. Yeah, and I was like, you know fine. what? Let's just that's go. Okay. And then and you guys have reading. I was like, hmm, okay. I like rough I, and tumble. I'll tell you that. I like, I think I like their designs. I mean, I think that's a funny, like, bing bong. Them and mm-hmm. um, Whisper and Tangle. Ben, help me. Tangle. Huh? Tangle. Tangle. Uh, they're they're all new to this comic, right? Okay. So they, if you'd read volumes one and two, those are all the characters that you would have been introduced to because they're new. Okay. Everybody else would have existed, but you would have met all of them in volumes one and two because they're new characters. Here's one thing I did like. I I, I think this is a good. One. And the the thing that I will be positive on is, is like it's always about friendship and the, and how important friendship is. I think that's really cool and a good message for kids. That when when they the the fight with Supersonic or Neo Sonic Metal Sonic, excuse me, is over, Sonic goes to do a handshake. And then Metal Slug slaps his hand, he runs out. And Tails is like, should we go after him? And Sonic's like, no, we gave him that choice, and that's and that's how he wants to go. We have to honor his decision. I think that's really cool. I think that's like like kind of like like a like a mature way of going, like, I tried to do the right thing and like he didn't want nothing to do with it. So I'm still gonna be me, he can be him. I respect it. I think that's a cool little thing. I do like certain things about this comic book. Um there's uh, there's one there's one piece of art you guys mentioned the art and I wrote this down because there's a bit where where Knuckles has get, has gotten the Chaos Emerald out of the out of Neo uh, Metal Marvel Master Overlord Master Overlord thank you um, uh, and there's this he's just got this big shit eating grin on his face as he's falling <laughs> down towards Angel Island yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that same that same piece the panel right before it when it finally comes out and he's like whoop yeah. uh, <laughs> I think bug eye moment. The, I think the comedy of the art like that, where Knuckles is like kind of more cartoonish than usual, um, and just the art style in general, is the strongest point of this comic run. It's one of the reasons I enjoy reading it so much. I just really like seeing the characters drawn this. Yeah, this the, yeah. I really, yeah, I think I really like the art and like when like it gets like exaggerated and like Knuckles is like mm. white eyed. Uh, like I, I really do like the art. I think it is, it is really good. 
Yeah, uh, those two artists—they've been um, main, Sonic mainstays since the Archie, since during the the later end of the Archie days. And they got their, I want to say they they probably didn't get their start, but they definitely cut their teeth on Sonic the Hedgehog when Sonic was still under Archie. Sure. I think that there's also some really cool ideas uh, as far as like characters go that I've, I've never heard of these characters, obviously. Um, but like Silver the Hedgehog coming from a future that he's trying to prevent. That's a cool mm-hmm. idea. Um, he's got a cool power also. Uh, Blaze uh, being from a parallel universe where her soul and her soul and uh, em- yep. Soul emeralds. emeralds. Yep. You're right. Soul, the soul emeralds turn her into like work the same way as the, as the, as the, Chaos Emeralds, mm-hmm. yes, and uh, to, to turn uh, Sonic into Supersonic. I think that's a really cool idea, and I, I, I you know, I like to see that story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, there's a scene. Uh, I think this is the most that I that I like laughed. Uh, she's like, uh, Amy is giving orders like Tangle Whisper, cover tails while he does something smart, and tells like, what does that even mean? And he's like, I don't know. You're the genius, and I'm like, <laughs> just do something smart, and I'm like, I thought that was pretty. Good. Yeah. It is, I think, uh, it is to to the credit of this comic. It is very much um, the best that Amy's ever written mm-hmm. because Amy's given the role of like resistance leader, uh, and that's like the most Amy's ever been given. Um, and yeah. so, so it's really nice uh, to have her have that much characterization. It is one of the stronger points. I think you also miss out without volumes one and two. I will admit, I think you miss out on the, like the bio data scanning thing that they do mention about Neo metal Sonic, that he is copying. He's like cell abilities. He's like cell. Yeah. yeah. It's part of, it's part of how he's getting stronger now is he's copying abilities through bio data. He copies shadow um, or something. Yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. Uh, so that that's something that like, isn't, as obvious uh if you didn't read the previous stuff but mm-hmm. it is what it is mm-hmm. yeah. <sighs> yeah all right anything else no i still all think right. super neo metal song is freaking rad yeah absolutely he's totally rad for the four pages he's there ben i know he's so rad. i mean thought... <laughs> it I'm he looks, I know. He looks I know. like that he looks like meta he looks like metabots he kind of does. Like if you when, like like Sparks said, if you played Sonic Heroes, you know he's like the main villain in Sonic Heroes. And that dragon that that dragon he formed, he takes a form very similar to that dragon in the end of Sonic Heroes. Yeah. Um, and the, the only thing the, the only thing that's truly new is that metal takes on a super form because no in every previous entry of Sonic, be it games, comics, whatever, no robot copy has ever been able to achieve a super form before until this one. Yeah. And I'll say uh, I thought that was cool. The neo the neo metal sonic form, which is like the the form he has when we start the comic, it's it's what just his, what his form is, but it's you see what his original metal sonic form is at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like the neo metal design. It comes from Sonic Heroes. I think it's a very formidable, intimidating looking update to Metal Sonic. I think he does make a very good foil villainous force for the gang. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm happy to see that design here in the comics. It's it's always been a pleasure that they brought so much of that into it because that's outside of this comic Sonic heroes is the only time that metal Sonic has shown up like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that game gets, it has its, it has its fans, but it doesn't get brought up in a lot of conversation anymore. Um, and I think Sonic heroes is one of the weird gems of the franchise. So, yeah. uh, not an emerald. I would, <laughs> I would call it an emerald. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, it's nice to see. And I, I really do like the art. I'm just, yeah. I think you needed to go forward maybe on this one, Ben. 
Like the second half of the of the Metal Virus saga? Probably. I mean, you know, they did start it, so they could have gotten the rest yeah. of it. Yeah, they they could have. Well, probably not not gonna happen. Any, not gonna happen no, anymore. No, no, so, no, no, this was, now it's now it's done. Now it's done. All right. This is like, like when only... you tried to do every volume of Immortal Hulk. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Ben, right. Ben, give it give it uh, to the ten year anniversary. On the ten year anniversary, you can you can bring out another Sonic comic. No, I don't think I'm gonna bring Sonic ever. Again. I get it. The only, the only Wait, time okay, I bring look. Sonic back is when there's a movie. Ben, and Ben. I will I will talk Sonic comics with you whenever you want. I know what I we're doing. Do I know what we're doing for our next uh, for our next milestone episode. Episode four hundred is going to be this entire run of Sonic the Hedgehog. We're going to read the whole thing. And we're going to discuss it like we discussed Evangelion. Damn, it's going to be like two and a half years. <laughs> Hell yeah! <laughs> I mean, Ben and I will show up. We'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want right. to challenge. Combine the books first, still. <laughs> Okay, that's... but you have to make a list of at least ten nice things to say. Okay, I can do that. All right, that'll do it. Look, I like the book. I like the book. It's just, I know it's a kids' book. It's fine. Like I said, enough fluffy. Um, okay, that's it, guys. That's the whole. That's the episode. That's the episode for the year. There will be no more full episodes for the rest of the year, which means that when we are back to uh, do our top 10 of the year or top 15, however we decide to do it, uh, we will have a ton of news. So stay tuned uh, for, for, for that in a couple of weeks. Maybe we'll try and do something. Unlikely, but, you know. Until then, you know, of course... It, I, I will say, like, you know, there's a lot of things that we want to try and fill the time with. Uh, even though we're not doing a regular episode, there's going to be, like, a lot of things that we want to try and find a way to have a conversation about. Maybe it'll be in smaller bursts. You might be only getting like a couple of us at a time, but there's stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's what I was about to say. You know, there's, there will be some stuff to come out, of course, in the time between now and next year. Um, an Avatar The Way of Water review is almost certain. Uh, maybe multiple reviews. Who knows? Um, a uh, There will be a Glass Onion review, uh, but that, that, won't be, that will definitely not be this year. Um, but, you know, a Willow Fickner's watch what we want to do. So, you know, stay, keep on a lookout, keep on the lookout for some of these things. Uh, we want to do, but we want to do a few things before, but for sure, there will be a Christmas special. We every year love to do our Christmas specials, um, our holiday annuals, as I call them in the feed. Um, and we will, what? Well, I was just going to say to the audience, you really want to check in. If you haven't kept up, go check out all those holiday annuals and find the moment where Ben gets got. Cause he always gets got, he always gets got. He does always get got. And tune in this year to see how it happens again. <laughs> um, that So yeah, uh, our holiday annuals are a lot of fun. We, we love doing them. We're going to do another one this year that will drop on Christmas Eve uh, for you guys to, to, to check out. Um, there will be a gift exchange where Ben will get got. Don't forget. Uh, and there will be a violent night uh, discussion. What? I really hate that I'm the only one who always gets got. Well, you know, we did a rotational and then the system broke down. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, maybe next time don't don't text us a picture. Don't text us all a picture of that power don't launcher. Don't Snapchat. I haven't used Snapchat since. Yeah. <laughs> it's still on my phone. I should delete that shit. I never probably, use it anymore. You're probably better off. <laughs> That's very oh, funny. That that was the last time you used Snapchat. I learned my lesson. <laughs> never again. Okay. Um. So yes, in case I don't get to see, in case in case I I forget to do this because 
you know, scheduling things. Uh, happy holidays, everyone. Thank you so much. We greatly appreciate all of your support. Ryan will be back with the first book club of the new year. Uh, that will be online uh, before the episode drops. So stay tuned for that. Whoop-whoop. Unless you know what it is, Ryan. I do, but it's it's weeks away, so I'm just going to wait. All right. Um, so yeah, there you go. That's that that that's it, guys. Um, of course, uh, you know, so like this video, subscribe to this channel. You can check out all sorts of things on our. Um, you know, if you're listening to this on audio, maybe come out, come over here and like the video and subscribe to the channel anyway. Uh, you can check out all sorts of shows. Uh, there's plenty of review. There's plenty of reviews now. Uh, Sparks was so kind to just kind of just like put a bunch of reviews. Uh, separate them out of the episode and put them on well, their own video. There's a bunch of those you can check out. Um, I get it. I, you know, sometimes I don't want to scan through a whole YouTube video to find the review. I get it. Yeah. Or just look at the time code in the description. Sometimes I just want it right there. And I understand. It's true. Thinking about actually doing, putting those in the audio feed, honestly. Just the individuals. Yeah. Maybe like later down the week. It's going to be such a big podcast episode feed. Uh, real quick, I will, I will just, you know, but I, just cause I'm already interrupting you. Uh, Gail's right. If you are vaccinated, please get vaccinated. Stuff is going on in the world. People are getting sick. We're all, Be we're all vaccine, baby. Nobody, nobody wants mm-hmm. to go back into the full. I am. That was what was happening. So do your best to take care of yourselves. Yes. Sir. I am getting my booster this week. Because I, I, I am now able to get that because I had COVID a couple of months ago and uh, the recommended wait time was far longer than I thought it should be. Uh, wow, I didn't I'm, know that. I didn't know I, that. Yeah, it's because the antibodies are still in your system for a certain amount of time and they recommend waiting. But uh, now I am eligible again, so I'm going to do that. Beautiful. I should look that up because I was sick with it back in July, so I should probably uh, re-look it up again. You should get boosted. Yes. Yeah. Boosted is cool. Look at us. Oh no, I, I'm already full, I'm already full, I was fully boosted from the last time, but now we get if we could get boosted another time, then sure I'll do it. That's fine. Yes, there is a if you only got boosted once, there's a second booster. Yes. No, I got twice. Great, then you're good. Great. There was a third booster. I don't know. Uh, I keep hearing different things. I keep hearing that there's a third possible booster. I don't know. I gotta look into it. At any rate, of course, guys, going back to the show, like this video, subscribe to this channel. Check out all sorts of other shows um, that we have on this channel, such as our Fickner's Watch series, um, where we just finished up Star Wars Andor. Check that out. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special is uh, also in that series. Um, there's a bunch of stuff. We did the... Look, we have talked about the entirety of, of Marvel Phase 4, the MCU, uh, the four, uh, Phase 4 of the MCU, and Fickner's Watches and in episodes. You can find all of those. Every Star Wars show, we've done it. There you go. We got a bunch of them. Go check them out. There They're will be more. For, sluts for entertainment. We are we are enter sluts. Enter nope. No. We'll workshop it. We'll workshop. It. We'll workshop that one. <laughs> um, this is, this is prawn hub all over again. Oh, oh prawn hub. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow, that's that, a callback. That mm. takes me back. I feel right. like my curse is memory. You know uh, that that scene where um, Matt Damon like goes from like really young to really old. I'm like, man, we've been podcast a long time. Oh. That scene where, a... where Tim Allen turns into Santa Claus after shaving. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. Yup. Uh, all right, that show's still fine, by the way. I'm still watching it. It's okay. I guess Kamal yeah, Nanjiani's but... actually. I guess Kamel Nanjiani is the bad guy right now. And I was like, that's a choice. Uh, do you mean Cal Penn? Yes. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I've done that before too. Yes. Cal Penn. Interesting. 
Uh, basement arcade. Yeah, the suit like just he just the suit like escape like he the suit ran away from him and now he's turning doing like this Christmas everyday thing. Now elves are disappearing. Anyway, it's okay. Basement arcade is another show we can do on. on this is another show we do on the show. This channel, brains fried. I need this vacation, I guess. Um, where we've done tons of sh tons of uh, uh, gameplays and uh, let's plays and all sorts of things. Um, check out, I guess, Mortal Kombat X. Um, we have an Aliens Fire Team episode up. What are the ones we have a long series of? Why can't I remember the the finished th series? The ones from done? years ago. <laughs> we have uh, uh, Spooktober's Colossus, most of Sonic Mania, but not all of Sonic Mania. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we've done a bunch of those. Just check them out. Um, and Basement Arcade Pause Menu. Uh, it's our uh, video game discussion series. Um, ben, that's the one that Ben heads up most of the time. You guys are doing another quarterly? Yes, or did you already are. do the quarterly? No, we're no, doing there will the be, quarterly. There will be another quarterly. I can't say exactly when we'll time it out, but there will be a quarterly for this last chunk of the year. Hopefully before the end of the year, but maybe right after. Quick, quick shop talk. Do we just want to make the last quarterly also the end of the year talk to wrap it all up in one instead of trying to do multiple episodes in one in one week or something? Do you mean game of the year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, or whatever. No, yeah. I think we still want... Well, I mean, like, we could record them at the same time. I think we're still going to make those two separate conversations. Okay. I think that we're going to have a lot we want to cover in the quarterly. I think we should make them two separate things. Okay. Okay. I just hope we have time for it, is all I'm saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can do game of the year before we do the quarterly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I loved God of War. You know War. what we're talking about. All right. Uh, Fake Nerd Book Club and Animation Station are also shows you can find on this channel. Uh, of course, you can check those out. Uh, real quickly, Gail in the comments says that we should have a, uh, a, a open question uh, talk time. If we had more followers, maybe. Gail, that's the thing. Thank you so much for showing up today. We only ever have one person ever in a chat. So, like, it's hard for it to be an actual chat room with, like, just one person because, like, we're still trying to do a show instead of, like, if we had more followers, all I want is for like is a questions portion where we get emails and we or that people ask us. So like, mm -hmm. hopefully, if we get more followers, like that's that's when why get, I want to get more live. emails. We'd love to do like an email episode. Yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. yeah, mailbag. Of course, you can also check out our Patreon and our TikTok. Speaking of not enough followers if the followers we do have want to support us financially uh, you can check out our t public and our patreon uh if you'll if you like to those are linked below in the description and uh of course you can check out all those links on our website at fakenerdpodcast.com where there is a bunch of things uh on that website there there is my essentially my portfolio where i've links to all my stuff um there is uh links to all the all the shows that we do on this channel even the ones that aren't currently on the air uh there's all sorts of things check it out that's linked below fakenerpodcast.com thank you to everyone who listens we greatly appreciate you guys thank you to everyone who watches the live show and thank you to everyone who watches the rewind uh, we greatly appreciate all of your support we love and we love all of you and welcome to the fakener family i don't know what i'm doing um we'll see you in the new year <laughs> um you can check out of course jeremy Bellucci, who does all the music you've heard here tonight and all the music for all of our shows you can check him at out at Jeremy Vellucci underscore the wreck of time because his new band, his band, not his new band, but his band, the wreck of time has just released a new album. And of course you can check out his podcast, suburban proctologist on iTunes, Facebook at suburban, Pro suburban proctologist official or Instagram at Subproc podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Mike Matola, wonderful human being. He is, has, has collaborated with us many times and has done three of our logos. We love that man. Uh, check out his, his Instagram and his TikTok at Mike Matola. 
You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast, fakenerdguys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter, where you can find, you can also find my writings on kaijuramanmedia.com, atomicgeekdom.com, and Screen Rant for now, and then CBR soon. So, yeah. Ben? You can find me dealing with my seasonal depression by singing Black Parade whenever Mariah Carey comes on the Christmas station at BenMagnetoy7, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also find me writing for Old School Gamer Magazine, Fusion Gaming Magazine, GoNintendo.com, and playing Mary Frankenstein in the podcast D and Dark. Sparks? Uh, you can find me on a mad dash and just make it to the end of the year at SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter. S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. Gotta go fast. God, same. Sparks? Ryan? That was... <laughs> Hey guys, you could find me um, growing out a ponytail so I could become spiritually one with a six-legged horse. DJ Tony Snark 616. All right, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcasts, and Pandora. Rate, wait, review, wait, wait, rip. Wait, 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 Brandon, where can they find you? I already said it. You did. Don't do I this know, to I'm me. I'm trying to trick him. Don't do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to us. You like that. God. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music and Podcast, and Pandora. The planet, not the station. Rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it. Like this video. Subscribe to this channel. Until next year, stay fake nerds.